Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C Certified Brewhead, and welcome to episode 101 of Beer Nuts the Podcast Adjunct Series. This evening, this is something I've been waiting for for a while. We've been trying to get this happen for uh, for a few months now, and I'm super stoked. So, you know, obviously the last couple of years, uh, we haven't been able to, you know, get around like we used to. Um, you know, we used to do a lot of traveling here on BOS, do a lot of um, pods, you know, all over, I guess, you know, Eastern Canada, around the States. So this is the uh, you know this is the way we're, we're we're getting ourselves you know we're able to showcase breweries that we're not actually physically at and I'm loving this right now so we've never actually covered a brewery from New York now I think about it so this is uh, the first one um, these guys are super hyped I've had uh, uh, you know, the pleasure of having a, a few of their beers at this point and everything is just so exceptional I'm genuinely excited to. Try so a few different styles and get the full uh, the full story. So please welcome Josh and Jared from Mortalis in New York State. Welcome, guys. How y'all doing? Oh fuck! I didn't unmute it. I I always I knock the mute. There we go. We got you. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies. I thought I was muted. Yeah, no, it's uh, my bad. I normally just keep the mute so you don't have to keep quiet. I don't know why the mute button isn't isn't sensitive, but uh, welcome guys. Thank right. you so much for for hanging out. Uh, genuinely stoked to to get the story and get into some of these bad boys. Um, we are going to start with this one right here, this gorgeous looking can. Is it Lertes? Lertes? How do you say it? Lertes. Lertes. Yeah, Lertes. Beautiful. Um, yeah. Perfect. So this is the crispy. Obviously, the perfect way to start this yep. off. Five percent. Um, tell us about this one, guys. Uh, so this is part of, uh, you'll see the little logo off to the side that it says 8-bit on there. Yes. Uh, the 8-bit is a little bit more spin-off for traditional uh, beer for mm. us. Okay. Uh, so, every, you know, we're, we're really known for heavily adjuncted beers. This series, um, the, the, the customer knows that they're getting something that's going to be a little more traditional. Okay. Um, we went pretty much German, German style. Uh, German yeah. yeast, Saz Hallertau hops. Saz Hallertau. It's a um, uh, when we a German style overall. So are you said like a hatless or yep. something. Yep. Yeah, perfect. Little little more um, little more uh, hop character, a little more firm bitterness um, okay. on this one. Uh, when we first opened, uh, I think we were even quote saying we would never brew a lager, but things have uh, evolved yeah, uh, for the best. And yes. uh, yeah, so now I'm crispies. Love it. Gentlemen, pleasure. Cheers. Cheers. Get it in ya. Mm. Get it in ya. Oh, hell yeah. It's definitely on brand for you guys to be doing, uh, <clears throat> to be doing crispies with you know, a lot of the other styles that, um, that you're well known for. Uh, this is great, man. So this is more so sure. you're like you're doing the, like it's like you know, like you said, the eight bit is letting people know this isn't a smoothie or a pastry stout or something like that, something right. more traditional. But you, I imagine, yep. there's sort of like a bit of a twist that you sort of the mortalis twist to it. Or do you try and keep uh, yeah. it on like really traditional? We did. Uh, well, we did. Um like the the one eight bit, uh, we did a half of eisen. We added some blood orange, but very small quantity. Uh, okay. We're not 
pulverizing it with fruit, like a like a hydra. We've done a scotch ale. Um, we did a wheat ale with some law. lime zest too. Nice. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. So, but okay. they're all, going all to be video game. very um, subtle if we do uh, manipulate the beer in any way. Okay. Um, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, they're they're all uh, supposed to be video game. Um, yeah, with the label. So that's like uh, the old game Contra is kind of the ah, the, the font wow. on that one. Okay, right there, that Contra font. Sick man. Now this is this is super solid. I I think I was I was checking out your website the other day, and if I'm not mistaken, you guys were doing a, a breadth of styles like some of the ones you mentioned. That you know, obviously you're known for doing all the crazy you know stuff all the kids are talking about, yeah. but you definitely seem like from the site that, you know, you the stuff that's on, on premise, like you say in jail with the wheat and I swear I saw like an amber or something like sort of more traditional stuff like that. Is that, sure. is that just to say, yeah. what, why would you guys, why do you guys do those beers? You know, I imagine it's just a different audience you're catering to. Sure. And, uh, I know Jared for sure loves, loves mm. Pilsner. Uh, so we're, we're starting to brew, you know, that was, that was always the idea. Uh, we'll brew the beer that we want to drink, uh, if everyone else enjoys it, then that's great. Uh, so this is something that we really wanted to start doing, especially with the, the lager. Um, uh, we just uh, brewed a rice lager that's, uh, that's going now. We pretty much have a tank now dedicated to this 8-bit series, uh, mm. whether it be lagers or the Scotch Ale or the Half, um, things like that. We're going to be doing a Doppelbach coming up and nice. getting more into a lot of the traditional styles. That's very cool, man. It just it seems yeah. like a, a cool unexpected um, addition to your lineup, so that people sure. can come in the group up, and it'll be completely yep. different than maybe what they ex- not completely different. There's a you know you can bring your non beer nerd mate along, and uh, they'll they'll find something for them. You know, yep. that they might be more familiar with. And uh, that uh, the can that you're drinking, uh, we only canned off a, a small uh, quantity of that, uh, really just to bring to festivals and give out to friends. And employees and the rest went into kegs and it's all just, you know, that's, that's what we're, we're pouring on site is just well, kegs of Laertes right now. Okay. And it also that, gives people like yeah. an option, you know, a low ABV option. Mm. Cause normally, I mean, basically with us, we're brewing everything 7% and above. Right. So it gives it some, somebody a crusher, I guess, something you can, you know, ease your way into craft beer type of deal. So I love it, man. Um, I think that's, a really cool addition. Obviously, Crispy's uh, you know, seems to it's taken off heavily in, in Canada. I imagine that you guys sure. are always ahead of the curve, so yep. I imagine that it started there. Um, and do you guys can the other eight bit series? So, or is it the same thing where you just can some? There's a range. Uh, mo- yeah. I would say a majority. Yeah, a majority is probably going into to kegs now, but um, a good amount still makes it into into uh, cans. Most of these are uh, 10 barrel batches, so it's nothing too huge. Uh, but that, this specific uh, Pilsner, uh, we did, we did a five barrel and now all of them are going to be 10 barrel uh, just so we can have a, more. have a little more volume out of it. Uh, we have a, a wide variety of tanks, um, tank sizes, but we seem like 10 barrel is, is a good size for these, uh, these kind of one-offs. What would you do for like maybe one of the core lines? Like what sort of size batches? Uh, all the hydras are twenty barrel batches. Uh, that's the biggest tank we have. So we're still brewing on a five barrel system. 
Um, luckily with hydro, a lot of it is fruit. So, you know, you're really only brewing about half beer mm -hmm. to half fruit. Um, but yeah, the, a lot, I'd say a majority of the, the big brands are, are 20 barrel or, uh, all of our IPAs are 10 barrel batches too. 10 as well. Okay. So, so we rarely, we rarely do a 20 barrel IPA batch. Okay. That makes sense. Is that for, to keep it like, is that like a, um, supply it's, demand thing? Or? You, you know, it's, um, we're still operating out of a very small tap room uh covid kind of flipped everything on us uh we tore out a majority of our tap room when that all happened and put in more tanks so now it's still a very small tap room it's hard to move a ton of volume on tap uh we do have plans and construction starting very soon for a brand new tap room so uh that may change um how we are uh packaging uh for sure Okay, would that mean you'd lean more towards um, kegs for, to, to fulfill that life of taproom? Probably uh, more, yeah, more towards kegging off a lot more, depending on how much we're going through and what styles. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of people come in, they're buying a lot of the hydras in cans and our stouts in bottles. Uh, mm. But something like this Pilsner, um, yeah, people do buy it in cans, but we like that for, uh, for mainly draft. Gotcha. Now that makes sense. Do these, like... How do people receive this series, say, in the cans? Obviously, like, you guys would be very, um, you know, trade fodder, essentially. Like, people would be, you know, out in Cali or whatever, gagging for it. So people in New York who could get it would be able to, to trade it out and stuff. Are these sort of, like, because it's more Taoist, like, the branding alone, the name attached to it, does that make it more desirable? Like, are people, is it still a fair interest or is it a completely different... Um, Sort of market for the other type of things. It depends. I, I, in all honesty, yeah, I don't, we, we've kind of we, we've tried to uh, slowly introduce this series because, like Josh said, we are known for the big pastry stouts, the fruited sours. So, you know, we wanted to get a little bit more variety in there as well. So it's been. A little mixed in the beginning, but I, I think people are now kind of understanding uh, what the 8-bit series is all about. Gotcha. Sick. I feel like the usually, um, yeah, usually the least, at the very least, I can't speak to the other styles, but crispy is a sort of like pretty heavily in demand from what I've seen, at least out here, for, for breweries that do similar things to you sure. guys. It just, it seems completely on brand and it's like, you know, you're about to have all these very intense beers if you go visit. So, you know, why not start with something or like break it up with something a little more approachable and, and not too intense. So, yeah. 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 I'd say a majority of people that are coming in, they'll take a, a risk mm. on like a Hydra that they've never had. I don't think they're going to take a risk as much on say a, a Pilsner from, from Mortalis. The people that are buying those are uh, the fans that have been there. They know that they, what they like Pilsners. They, they want these, these new uh, loggers that are, are pushing up because a lot, a lot of people that come in, they don't want to pay a, a premium price for a, a pilsner. They just don't see the value in it. But um, I think that's a lot of craft beer is heading back towards um, traditional and low ABV, which is is great. Uh, so we're just you know following uh, following along and um, trying to, to to brew the brew the best styles that we can. Mm. Interesting, you mentioned that. I was talking to a brewery out here recently. 
who are very similar to you guys. They do all the same, you know, smoothies and stout, big stouts, and, and they're really popular for the haze. And they were saying that the, uh, the, the demand for their double IPAs has significantly dropped. And now they're leaning more into like big buddy pale ales and like, you know, six, six, five uh, percent IPAs. Mm-hmm. Um, are you seeing a similar trend both with your uh, offerings and then maybe the, like, the scene in general? I don't, <clears throat> I don't think so. Especially in our area, I think still the, the double IPA haze is, is pretty Killing much... It king for what yeah what everyone you know we have so many amazing hazy breweries close by it's just it's just everywhere you know right down the road we have other half there's fidens that's close there's equilibrium like these big names that everyone's um chasing and they're they're all over um and a lot of those are double ipa still uh i i would love if everyone wanted to buy pale ales and you know, we can pack in a lot of hop saturation into a five percenter, uh, but there's still the the customer that comes in and only wants double IPA. Hmm. Interesting. Do you think there'll be? Do you think that'll change, or do you think? I mean, maybe it's just like what I heard from I this. Know. No, I mean, I maybe, I, say I event, maybe not in eventually. Our area. Eventually, yeah, uh, because yeah, well, I don't know why. You could have two beers or, or four. I, I mean, I would rather have the, the lower ABV and, and you know, two double IPAs back-to-back. You're definitely feeling it from that. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it's it's nice just to, to be able to, to, you know, I want to be able to sit on my couch and have a few beers and, and just uh, relax and, and get to – and not get, uh, not get hammered. Yeah. Um, Wake up at a decent time the next morning. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be interesting tomorrow, goddammit. Um, okay, interesting. Yeah, I was just wondering because I guess the 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 brewery said to me specifically, they said I think it's uh, a trend. Both everybody has put on a lot of weight. Why everybody? A lot of people, or most people, have put on a lot of weight over the last sure. couple of years due to sedentary behaviors. You know, not really uh, of their choice, and also um, kind of uh, hits the pocket a bit more. You know, double IPAs do cost more than. You know, pails and, and single sure. IPAs, so potentially that. I'm yep. like, that makes sense. But then again, I know the type. I know what you're talking about. I've, I've got a few friends here. They just they won't even touch the single IPAs. If I'm trading with somebody no. or going to drink, they like, yep. don't give me the single. Just I had to convince this one dude to even try. I gave him like three or four lagers. I'm like, just please try these and like see how you feel. And he said he liked them in the end. But I think it's like maybe there's this mental hurdle where the I double think that's IPA. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, yep. The, 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 they just want, I don't know if it's the, the ABV thing or they just think that anything below a double, you just can't get that, that, um, that mouthfeel and hop saturation. I, I don't know what it is. Which obviously is untrue. If anyone's going to do a killer, right. it's going to be you guys. Like, um, uh, do yeah. you do? You know, it's, we, we try. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, <laughs> We we did we have it. Uh, we just did uh, uh, Artemis uh, is our our pale. That's um, we hop it, you know, almost as much as uh, some of the doubles. And um, I thought it came out great. Um, and it you know it moves, but it's it doesn't move as fast as the doubles. Interesting. Okay, so maybe there's a. It could be obviously you know the invisible border. There are people's drinking habits are pretty different, even between mm-hmm. Quebec and Ontario. And I imagine it's between New York and Vermont. Sure. Um, you know, every, every region has their thing, but um, 
Yeah. Even with the trading game now, it could be different. I mean, people could be mm. buying those up because we, we, I mean, we see people ship our stuff across the country, all over the world even. So it could even be partially for people who are outside of New York and can't really get it within their market. So mm. that could be a, a, a factor with that as well. Yeah, true. And if they're going to get hold of anything, they're probably going to want to double. If you're going to get your hands yep. on the first stuff, they're going to want to double the pastry and a, 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 one of the salads. Sure. So. Yeah, I get yep. it. That makes sense. Um, okay, sick. So let's let's get the story down. Um, so we can start with whoever, but I want to know how you both discovered and got into craft beer, and then how that led to, you know, why are we talking today? Josh, you go first. Sure. All right. Um, so I long time ago uh, did a stovetop uh, homebrew with my dad. And uh, it was, came out awful. We dumped it all. And um, that kind of stuck, just sparked my interest. Um, we did a few more. They never really were that, that refined, honestly. Uh, and then uh, I went away to college, came back from college, and uh, was living with some guys. And um, I got really big into a lot of the older um, – Sam Adams Imperial Series bottles, um, Magic Hat Number Nine. I loved that beer, and then um, Torpedo from Sierra Nevada. Um, and I just really wanted to try to start brewing stuff like that, and really, um, really got into it. Um, and then made a um, a trade uh, with some a local trade with uh, another home brewer, uh, which was Paul, which is now my one of my partners. Um, he brought over some homebrews. Um, they were killer, and uh, we started brew- brewing together. And then I met uh, Dave, and then their wives, which are all my partners now. So um, all through just homebrewing, and uh, nice. never, never thought it would, uh, you know, come to this. And uh, when I met them, they said that they had this project going, that they were trying to start a brewery up, and uh, you know, I was just brewing a lot with them, and then it just slowly. Um, just came on board and um, and now here we are, you know, almost almost four years, and um, yeah, that's how and that's how we met Jared. So he can awesome. tell you how uh, yeah how he so came on board. We met on Instagram. Jared and I met on Instagram years ago, and uh, Jared and his missus came up here. It was either 2018 or it was 2018, wasn't it? Pretty sure. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. And we summer hung out, 2018. Yeah, summer 2018. And at the time, we were just saying, well, you know, uh, before we went on, that uh, you were not working. I think you, you got into Mortalis a year later, but obviously you're a passionate craft beer dude. You're posting about it on Instagram. You know, you came out to a, a beer event out here and you went to breweries all across the city. But yeah, man, how did it uh, how did all happen for you? Uh, I would say started in college. Uh, when I was in college, my, especially my senior year, I was living with uh, five other guys. We were in a townhouse, nice. and we started to drink a lot of local craft stuff. Uh, a friend of mine and his girlfriend at the time, they started working at uh, Rohrbach, a local brew pub, and that kind of sparked it. She would bring home growlers of just whatever they had, probably like their blueberry ale, their, pilot, or their, uh, their flagship stuff, like their scotch ale. So we started drinking that, started branching out to... Uh, other styles started drinking a lot of the kind IPA from uh, from Three Heads, um, and then when CB Craft Brewers was around, we drank a lot of Caged Alpha Monkey, which was their IPA. So we started there, um, and then 
shortly well, shortly after college, I got into extract brewing, and I brewed quite a bit with extract, and then made the jump to all grain, and eventually started to figure that this was where I wanted to be in terms of uh, career. So I was looking for part-time jobs uh, everywhere, and I finally landed a part-time uh, bartending gig at Mortalis. And the times that I was able to talk with Josh and Dave, you know, we'd, we'd have uh, company outings, and I would always tell them, like, hey, I want to quit my, <laughs> my desk job and come and brew full-time. And obviously, we had been drinking at the time, so they they didn't fully believe me, which I understand. <laughs> but uh, when the pandemic hit, like Josh said, uh, they took that opportunity to expand production and uh, called me in for an interview uh, and uh, offered me the position shortly after. So Amazing. I couldn't turn it down. So I've been there ever since. That was like June. That was June of 2020. Nice, two years almost. This month. Yep, almost. Yeah, I think it was like middle of June. Amazing, dude. That's fantastic. So the name, I was always curious about the name. What does it mean and where did it come from? So the, the name stems from, from mortal um, and getting more into the, you know, the, the Greek mythology and um, that we're all, we all are mortal um, and uh, we really like the, the, the human connection and uh, with that human connection, I think there's no better thing to have a beer with someone and, and have that connection and conversation. And uh, even when we first opened, we debated not even having TVs because we, we wanted people talking to each other, not just watching TVs. And it's very important to us. Eventually we did put in some TVs, uh, but um those always just had on like Bob Ross painting or whatever. So it wasn't anything too crazy going on. Uh, but yeah, that's so, uh, and with that name and you get into the Greek mythology, it just makes the naming convention, um, that much easier. Uh, you can follow, um, it could, it doesn't even have to be a God or a goddess. You can get into just the, just general ideas. And, uh, I think like, this is one of the other, the other cans, but like just our classic black and copper with the space scape, uh, really love the, the whole, um, connection with space. And, um, uh, just, uh, we have a huge, uh, mural that was painted in the brewery, uh, that just looks like a huge, um, scene from, uh, like just a, a cosmic painting. And it, it's, it, it's really cool. And it, it, that's how, um, how our branding came about. Okay, I love that. Um, yeah, the, I noticed that theme across the board, but I kind of didn't put two and two together until when we were discussing which beers, and I didn't really notice the names, and you guys are saying these words. I'm like, what the hell are you saying? And I guess they're all Greek god names, and, yep. uh, which is super cool. The artwork, I, the one, my favorite one is the As Above, So Below. The name is so sick. I don't even know what it's from, but the, and also the artwork is just insane. Like that that huge sky, it's, yeah. it's oh, like yeah, they- beautiful. We have a, a local company, Even Odd Creative, and they uh, they do all of our labels. And the, the, the two girls there are just yeah. we bear, we give them such little information, and the first proof that comes through is just it, it's just great every single time. I love it. What what is the as above so below from? Is that like a poem or like a, just out of curiosity? <laughs> uh, it's, There's uh, a long so story there. It's a long when one. I, okay. When I when I when I home when I home I home brewed that beer and. Uh, 
It uses a coffee that's uh, Jamaican me crazy coffee, the flavor. So I, when I homebrewed it, called Sanka You Dead from Cool Runnings, mm-hmm. and it didn't. When we opened the brewery, that didn't really fit our naming convention. Uh, and I was watching the movie As Above, So Below one night, and I was like, "This is kind of cool." And I looked into like the whole idea of that, and I'm like, "Well, this like the microcosm, macrocosm, and like the space, and like, oh, hey, this this fits the." The branding it sounds cool and that's uh that's the way we went with it sick i love i feel like i've heard that saying just around so i like i didn't yeah. really put to, like understand what it meant but it's just definitely one of my favorite labels like ever i just love the whole the whole thing everything comes together beautiful okay i definitely want to get more into the the label and the branding um after as well so when you guys were homebrewing and, and sort of you know starting did you guys have a a plan in mind as far as like, all right, we're going to do a brewery that's like, was it just, we're going to make beer or was it like, all right, we're going to do these style. This is going to be our thing. Like, did you have that sort of approach? Yeah, we, it was, uh, we wanted hazy IPAs, big stouts and, uh, kettle sours. At the time we had never done any kind of heavily fruited beer. Uh, we actually, we're brewing our first kettle sours weeks before we even opened, um, still on test batches, uh, because we started originally with fruited sour IPAs, uh, similar to like what Hudson Valley was doing. We loved those beers, so we wanted to do something like that. And it wasn't until we were open for a little while that someone brought in a few crawlers of um, some of the the fruited stuff from the Answer, and we Ooh. tried it. And we're like we we need to we need to figure this out. Right. Uh, so that's. Um, that's how Hydra was born. Uh, Paul came up with this idea, like, all right, let's do a three-headed dragon and three fruits. And we just started uh, the, the beginning. Learning how to make those stable is uh, very interesting yeah. at first. Uh, there was definitely some crawlers that uh, got a little happy over time. Uh, but I think we, we have it pretty dialed in now. I was saying, I agree wholeheartedly. That's sick. I was telling um, Jared, there was we did a little trade earlier this year. And... Um, one of the sours I had a few weeks ago, the smoothies, I'm, I checked untapped. I'm pretty sure it was canned at the beginning of last year. And if I didn't know that, I wouldn't have been able to tell from the product. And I was always stressed when we were sending, when Jared was sending, I was like, oh, are they like old? He's like, no, 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 they're good, man. Trust me, it's all good. I'm like, okay, sweet, sweet. Yeah. And I've just never experienced that because whenever I get smoothies, I'm always stressing, like, oh, I've got like, two weeks tops to kind of get these guys yeah. and um yeah whatever i don't know if you want to if we want to talk about it now if you want to wait till we get to this movie but i'm definitely curious to see how it make as much as you're able to share i understand if it's a you know something sure. you keep close but there's something that you're doing that's pretty spectacular as far as the what you're doing for that stability on such a you know famously unstable beer style sure yeah yeah, I mean, there, there's a few different things that we're doing to the base beer. Um, first, it, it, it's a very extremely high ABV base, and uh, these bases are, are finishing um, super dry to, to the point where we've almost stressed the yeast so much that it, it really can't do much anymore. Um, they're, they're finishing like zero Plato and below, so they, um, they're very dry. Um, we're using some additives to help prevent re-fermentation. And we also have a centrifuge on site. So we are able to centrifuge 
that base beer and get rid of pretty much any other yeast in there. And then the mm-hmm. fruit gets added. So that's the way we're able to keep them very stable. Uh, we did a lot of testing, a lot of just leaving cans out, putting them in the back of cars and just driving around and like, all right, let's open this and see what happens. And um, we've been, you know, knock on wood, been very lucky with uh, any kind of refermentation. Amazing. I mean, it doesn't sound like luck to me. That seems like uh, science, goddamn it. <laughs> A lot, lot of yeah, trial and error, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We it's definitely hard. had some uh, our fair share of uh, exploders uh, in the, the early <laughs> days. Yeah, I guess it's part of the game, right? So, I mean, you guys do pasteurize it all? Sure. I've heard that's something that people are doing, yeah? Or there's no need because the no. centrifuge takes yeah, we don't. stuff out? No. No, we don't. There are definitely some breweries that I know that pasteurize, and they have great luck with that. Okay. Um, it's just an added step that we didn't see necessary uh and with the, like you said with the longevity that you have known and it's not a pasteurized product and it's still fruit in there but it's still they seem to hold for for a substantial amount of time yeah it's is that like is that more than you expected even because like say give, say it was a year and a quarter or something yeah. like that that's pretty crazy for a beer it still of that blows stuff. my mind yeah. uh you know it's still it's it still is fruit um you know granted the 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 fruit that we're getting is aseptic it doesn't need to be refrigerated but it still does have a life of some kind um but once it goes into the beer with that you know the the right environment with the right ph and um they they just seem to even you know i've had some that at the brewery that are unrefrigerated and we put them in the fridge and you pull it out and it still tastes just like one that was refrigerated the whole time. It's, mm. it is, uh, it's interesting. I never thought it would, um, you know, we always had right on all of our cans, keep cold, drink fresh. Uh, we, we always push that when we release the beer, that's when we think it's peak and, um, that's when you should drink it. Right. So compared- I think the only, you know, the only issue we ever have is like that separation in the can. If people don't, uh, roll the can or like flip it over. That's then you get like all the that boozy beer on top, and then all the puree at the bottom. At the bottom, right? Yeah, it gets clunky in there. Do you guys? Would you say that? Like, do your do your smoothies last um, longer than? I mean, don't say any names or whatever. But from other ones, you know, around that you've had. Like, do you think you you, you guys are you guys doing something that different that other smoothies aren't lasting as long? Like. No. Have you like cracked the code or something, or is it like it's pretty common? Because just for me, that's pretty exceptional. That's it. No. no, I think, I think, no, I think there's other breweries, uh, especially ones that we've collaborated with on these smoothies. That I've had some of them that are are definitely older, and they seem to hold up um, hold up very well. Okay, so it's not. Yeah. I think there's a lot. There's a lot of breweries. Uh, in, in the past few years, uh, obviously, it's a more common uh, beer style. But in the in the beginning, there wasn't a whole lot of breweries really doing it. Um, so if one one of those breweries has a lot of issues, then it, I think the the perception was all the that style must do that. Right. You know, if one one type or one smoothie beer explodes. Now, okay, everyone is going to explode. I, I think that's what people started thinking and. Um, that that's not the case. I think for the most part too, especially early on when that was a, a newer style, you know, like Josh said, we were 
we were all trying to figure it out together. There were some breweries that got there quicker than others, but I think for the most part now, most of them have uh, have the trade secrets in order to to help those with the being more shelf stable. Mm. Okay, so it's a pretty common thing. I've had some recently. I was yeah. telling Darren before that um, you know fr- from here that maybe a couple months old and they you know completely kind of separate. And I feel like they they remind me of like an old hazy IPA that you know starts to become a shadow of its former self. It's just a bit muted sure. flavors, and I've noticed that with some smoothies. So being that there was something, and I've, you know, this is something I've kept refrigerated for the whole time. Um, mm-hmm. And then having your stuff, and, and in comparison, it would just seem like, okay, maybe there's something that, uh, that you guys, or maybe once again, America's always ahead of, of Canada as far as most things in, in the world, but also particularly with beer, like we're following your lead. So maybe there's sure. just a bit of work that people have to do. Or maybe they're not centrifuging. Or I've never heard anyone even mention sure. that before, to be honest. Yeah, and I think that's. I think there's other, you know, centrifuge. Obviously, uh, even for a brewery of our sizes, I don't think very common. They're they're you're very pricey, so a lot of breweries do not uh, invest in them early on. Uh, it was something we really wanted uh, mainly for that stability uh, portion. But um, I think some of the other breweries, maybe, um, you know, we brew a lot of this beer, uh, a lot of it, and like I said, we've we've learned a lot. So. Yeah, you might be able to to get into the the scene with the the fruited sour type stuff or the smoothie sours, um, but I think it just it just takes time to dial in your your uh, your process and where are you getting your fruit from? Are you using fruit concentrate, fruit puree? Uh, so there's all these different you know notes that we have that we've learned because we've done hundreds and hundreds of of hydro variants. Mm, that that yeah practice makes perfect type of thing. You know, we, we get, we yeah. get, uh, you know, a lot of breweries get in hop samples. We get in samples of different purees, you know, <laughs> we'll get in three different raspberries and try them like, okay, this is the one we want. Oh, really? Okay. So yeah. Oh yeah. We're constantly trying different types of purees and concentrates. Mm, I did notice that you guys have a, a really eclectic, uh, you know, variation of even just the ones that I've even seen, whether it's on Instagram, since I've been sort of paying more attention, the ones that, you know, Jared got me and now the, the new lot, like, it's like, you guys, you know, I haven't really even seen like dragon fruit and stuff. Like, it's like, you guys, I feel like you're yeah. using like such interesting combinations. So I guess if you're doing literally hundreds of, you kind of have no choice but to get crazy creative and like, uh, but drilling down yeah. to the, to which raspberry, that's so cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And We've even like, dialed in this certain raspberry will work in terms with of this. that. Yeah. No, totally. Sorry, Jack. No, no, you're good. Yeah. Like, especially with dragon fruit, I remember we used to get uh, froze, actual frozen dragon fruit chunks and run them through a blender, and that's how we used to put them in a beer. Yeah, it took that's hours. Uh, just a, like a, a kitchen, like, juicer and just juice it for, it for eight, like, eight hours straight of juicing, and that's just buckets of dragon fruit and juice. It created a mess too. Yeah. Oh, it looked like a crime scene. Like, <laughs> oh, it was terrible. Did shit everywhere. But we've even improved on that. So that's also helped us out tremendously. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. There was something else I noticed, I think since we're talking about it. So obviously I, smoothie sours became popular in Canada. I want to say like, right around when the pandemic started. So like I didn't, I traveled a lot previously to that, but I never really found them or even heard that much about them. 
um, whenever I was in the States. So I kind of didn't get to have much from the States. And I had most of the ones from here. And I think Canada does some really, really great stuff. Um, I noticed your stuff is, is probably, I was about to say significantly, it's a lot more, it's a lot sweeter than the Canadian um, mm-hmm. smoothie. So I was just wondering if there was something to that. Like, oh, you know, I feel like American uh, food products typically have more additives like salt and sugar in general. Um, not that much sure. in Canada, but I'm from Australia, so coming from Australia even to Canada was a jump in, 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 in that type of thing for me whenever I visit the States and the portions are larger, you know, high fructose corn syrup and everything type of shit. But yeah, yep. I, I, was, I, won, I was wondering then if it's not like sweet in like a negative way at all, it was just like a, an observation in the, the, the difference between them. So I was wondering if the sweetness had anything to do with the longevity or the stability um, or even it was just like it's, it's why your stuff is so damn good. Like I was curious where that came from. I don't. I don't really have a, a good answer for that. I think it's just the. I think the sweetness just came from we were targeting a specific um, consistency to where the the hydra is going to be thick and and like a smoothie. And right. to achieve that, uh, you, you, your fruit your fruit volume is just so high uh, and there's just so much sugar in fruit to begin with. Uh, I think that's where that, that sweetness is coming from. That makes sense. Just go balls to the wall a little harder. That's really all it is. Okay. Yep. And yep. I feel like, yeah, maybe it's, it's the different combinations because once again, you're using such interesting combinations and they're probably mm-hmm. higher sugar fruit sometimes or whatever, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That's awesome. Yep. Um, do you guys want to go to the next beer? Sure. Sure. So, which one do we want to do? I know we've got two different IPAs we're going to crack. There's the Zeus. And we could H uh, one. Let's yeah. Let's do uh, let's do Zeus. Let's do Zeus. Yeah. Zeus, please. Thank you. Yeah, this is one that uh, that Dave and Paul were home brewing a, a lot before um, before the brewery opened, and it took us quite some time to get it to where we were happy with it on full production. Um, a lot of batches brewed and um, at one point we we're just like well i guess this is just a beer we're never going to be able to nail and uh finally i think we're we're to the point where we're we're quite happy with it you got that um amazing what are the uh the hops in this one man? this is citra amarillo columbus and simcoe i believe they're all uh you know, can? older, oh, not, right. yeah, nothing like, nothing of the, the, the newer, you know, because this beer, when they were brewing it, uh, was right in the beginning, like before, like all the, the new, like sexy hops were being used, like when Citra and Amarillo were like a, a crazy combo. Right, right. So how old is this recipe? Then? Probably like five plus years longer? Probably, yeah, probably about six years old. Damn. It's, uh, you always kind of forget, I guess. When did New England IPA sort of come out? Like 2015, 2016? A little bit earlier than that. Maybe even earlier. Yeah, I think when they they really gained popularity, you know, there was times I can remember taking trips with, um, with friends. Um, we could do a round trip to, we could hit up Treehouse, Trillium, and, um, maybe one other brewery. We could, go there and back and it was about a 12 and a half hour round trip we do it in a day (laughs) 
That's pretty crazy. And that I was guess. when you'd go to Treehouse and you'd get like eight cans of beer and a and a growler fill. Oh wow! Like before the uh, before yeah. the the, the, the people what do they call them? Like the dollies with like like eight cases that you always see. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Keep it a while. Okay. Sorry, it was Citra Amarillo, Simcoe, and uh, Col- Columbus. 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 Okay. Perfect. Yeah, man, it's got a wicked head. The smell of the nose is huge. Like really citrusy. Yep. Yeah, this uh, gets a, a pretty large, um, mm. pretty large dry hop. Uh, we really don't do um, any kind of like double dry hopping technique. We just use a, a large quantity in one hit, and um, that's pretty much every every beer that we've done. I think we've only double dry hopped a few times. Yeah. Why is that? It's just how we've just how we've always done it. Um, and things seem to be working uh, right out of the gate. I think our our IPAs were not uh, necessarily sought after or talked about. Uh, it's something that we've really, I think, over probably the like probably the past year or so, Jared. Right, that we've really tried to hammer down some new techniques on these and and dial it in. Yeah, okay. it's changed significantly since we started, and it's all for the best for sure. Okay. What what did you that you can talk about? Like, what sort of techniques did you sort of change for these bad boys? Just a longer mash rest. Everything uh, from the, the grains that we were using. Yeah. 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 Pretty, yeah we pretty much revamped the controlling it. Controlling the pH uh, was huge for us. Get that head retention in there. Yeah, the head um, is insane. God. Yep. Yep. The head retention was a big thing. Uh, and then just the yeasts that we were using, I think we've tried probably five or six different yeasts. Um, now we're, we've got it narrowed down to two that we really like using, uh, fermentation temperatures. We were, we were just looking at every, every bit of, uh, what we were doing because they were, they were, they were okay in my opinion, but they weren't something that like, um, you know, some of these like Trillium or Treehouse beers like that I can remember opening my first Trillium bottle and the aroma that came out of that thing in the room. I was just like mind blown. Right. Um, and that was when, you know, crazy that they came in like those 22 ounce bottles. Uh, but I can remember drinking those and I was like, I want that wow factor. I want that nose and that color. Mm. Okay. I love it. I'm getting a lot of, speaking of Trillium Treehouse, this is giving me Treehouse vibes. It has been a while since I've had them, but I always found that Treehouse had that kind of dank, uh, sort of citrusy versus, say, Trillium had that kind of more um, mm-hmm. brighter yellow beer versus maybe Treehouse is a little more orange. This is giving me like yep. so much dankness on this. It's uh, That was all intentional, or yep. is that because of the older hot build that yeah, we that- before? That's uh, yeah, older hot bill, and again, this is when when Paul and Dave were really brewing this beer. This was targeting um, the the beers that they loved drinking, which was Treehouse at the time. So that's what they were they're kind of going for that, and um, so that's so you have Zeus, Zeus and Hera are probably our most like core double IPAs that use some older hops, and um, uh, they you know the probably the oldest IPA recipes we have. Okay. Um, mentioned like sort of core lines. Um, what do you know? Do you guys have any like flagship or like you know very regular beers that like every time uh, people come in they're going to be able to get that, or is it sort of like quasi core? 
it's more like yeah, more like a series type of deal. Okay. So okay. like with Hydra, there's I mean, I think what was the first like Hydra was like uh, was it the uh, blueberry passion mango peach? A passion for mango, mango peach. Yeah. But we've had like the core series, so we've had that like our Tears of the Goddess series uh, type of deal. But other than that, we really just switch up in terms of in terms of fruits and adjuncts that we use. There's not really a quote unquote flagship. I would say, like in any style, we have one the one series of uh, the Old Man Barima um, IPA that we change the hop, and it's always it's always one New Zealand hop that gets changed. But mm-hmm. I, for like a, a core, no. But like all of our hazies look like this. They're all going to have that same. Um, it's going to be a Greek god or goddess. Uh, it'll be just the outline of it, and it's going to be the the black and gold can. Right. Yeah. So there's always going to be. So even if it's not this exact beer, is this the type of beer? So say people really love Zeus. You said it's an older recipe. It's been around. It, it makes regular appearances, but maybe it's not all the time. Yep. Is it like you know, whatever four times a year, something like that? Like you just, we. Yeah, yeah, we probably brew this like three or four times a year. Okay. Yep. I love that specific one. I really like that. Um, I like that from uh, what's it called? Uh, Burlington Beer Co. In, in Burlington, Vermont. They they always were the first mm-hmm. time I ever saw they had their like you know the wizard complicated being a wizard. That was yep. the one that would come every like set every two three months. It would always be there. It wouldn't always be there, but you're gonna always want to get it. So it keeps it regular enough so that they can actually get a recipe and tweak. Whilst yep. when it does come back, you're like, you know, maybe every other visit it's not there. Like, ah, oh, fuck, I really want a visit today. Okay. Oh, the next visit, boom, and this is the same with some stuff like this. I really thought that was like a, a super smart um, just way to approach yep. it because I feel like I've heard a lot of criticism. This is probably another question. And I've heard a lot of criticism across the board from, you know, about breweries that, and this applies to most breweries, I guess, but maybe some breweries don't get to drill down their recipes to perfect it because of the consumer demand and the consumer demand is what's mm-hmm. new, what's new, what haven't I have? Um, Absolutely. And I imagine mm-hmm. for you both, obviously you're not trying to be a production machine and do the same beer every other day because that's boring as hell, but you know, being able to perfect a recipe, like you said, you did the revamp recently to, to improve these beers. Um, you know, how do you guys feel about sort of, that as far as like you know the, i guess the, the the delicate balance between novelty and you know perfecting something that's important to you yeah i i definitely see that all the time uh where the, the consumer does want what's new what's new what's new every week they come in they don't want to see the same beers and um that that is absolutely the case uh we were lucky enough that um we kind of changed up the way our uh, our tanks are now, where we we have six ten barrel tanks, and at any given time we probably have four of those filled with IPAs. Okay. Uh, so we are able to, you know, when we're brewing, at least at least one IPA a week, um, sometimes two. Uh, it, it helps as opposed to what we used to do, which was probably once a month we were brewing an IPA. Oh, so wow. it, it, that's really hard to, to because, like I said, the IPAs just weren't really doing all that great. Uh, mm. Everyone wanted Hydra and they wanted the stouts, so that's what we were brewing like crazy. 
uh, and we just throw an IPA in every once in a while just to just to have it. No shit, eh? In my mind, yeah. like, and, and maybe because I haven't sort of been around and, and, and maybe enough, but I definitely knew that the sours were the main thing, but I kind of thought that, that the it was like equal, um, like people were excited about the, the haze as much as the, the, the smoothies and the stouts, but I guess not. Or, or is it yeah, like, you do definitely no, get that I think crowd. it all comes down to the, the area. The area, okay. Sure. I mean, we have Other Half and yep. everything. I mean, even like even a couple of years ago, before Other Half moved to the Finger Lakes, where the region where they are now, I mean, I remember standing in line in the freezing cold at a local uh, tap or a, a local. Um, uh, it was called Tap and Mallet. It was just like I'm a local. Um, yeah, yeah. Yes. They, they closed down. They used to do they. Yeah, unfortunately, but they used to do release. They did the first Other Half releases there, and I was standing. I think it, I think it was mid February. Like freezing cold outside, early in the morning, just to get two types of beer that they had. But I mean, we we are extremely lucky lucky in our region. We we are we are kind of spoiled at this point. But it, it's so crazy still to think that other half is just right down the road from us. So do you think that's is that part of the reason you think that people are maybe overlooking the quality of the uh, the IPAs that you guys are doing because of that? I mean the 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 uh, other half didn't it wasn't that long ago it was like just before the pandemic though. it wasn't like they opened there like five years ago and stuff like it was like you know no they yeah they yeah. moved in there i want to see 2019 no it's been a little over two years i think maybe pushing three because okay. we've been open almost four years now and it was they were in pretty close to after we we were in there Okay, so maybe because I I mean I went to Tapa Mallet. You know Will Cleveland? He's the writer. He used yep. to be the beat. yeah. So he's yep, a yep. mate. So he used to always come up to Bellwoods in, in Toronto and go to the festival. So I used to always trade with him whenever mm-hmm. he was in town. Yep. And uh, sure. one time we went to town. We went to yep. Buffalo. Went through Rochester, and we went to Tapa. He said, "Yeah, meet me at Tapa Mallet. Like sweet." So we did that little trade there and sat at the bar and drank a bunch of beers. So I really got to to, to soak that place up. So I'm actually very glad we did that. Um, but he always gave me what do you always give me? Usually other half, fifth frame. Um, maybe he gave me some more times. I can't remember. But it was like I don't know, I didn't I just feel like that I never heard that you guys weren't. I just feel like Rochester, which I don't even think we really positioned. Like you guys are in just outside of Rochester, is that correct? It's called Avon. Yep. Just about a half hour. Yeah, just south. south. Just south of Rochester. Okay. So after, you know, it's Rochester's yep. forty five minutes from Buffalo, like uh, east of Buffalo. So for any yeah. Canadians, you know, you're in Toronto, you can zip around to Niagara, hit the border there, and you're basically in Buffalo, and then quick, quick zip. So we did the zip around. We drove back to Montreal through Vermont. Um, okay, was, yeah. Yeah, this was a few years ago. Uh, it must be 2019, I guess. Everything was right before this. So at least we got to check it out. And, you know, we got to Rochester, and I thought we could make it. And when it was snowing, it was must be December or something. And we are like, all right, fuck it, we'll stay over. Um but I don't think I knew about you guys then because we just went to that bar with Will and got beers and then we, we did, oh, went to one big ditch or something, ditch or something in uh, Buffalo. Big ditch was, in Buffalo. Big ditch, yeah. That yep. was it. Big so I think, I think we, at the time, definitely the other half wasn't there. So maybe this was 2018. So maybe you guys weren't around. Yeah, they were probably still doing the, the mobile can drops uh, because that's what they were doing with, from Brooklyn, they were bringing them up to like yeah. Tap and Mallet. I remember that. And uh, pretty much the box truck. 
Okay, so maybe you guys weren't around. This and was the end of that was the first time I met. Uh, yeah, and right, right when we opened, um, we were still doing crawlers, and I still had my um, my desk job. So I was going from my desk job to the brewery every day, and I knew that they were doing a mobile can drop at Tap and Mallet, other half. So I brought three crawlers with me to work, went on my lunch break, and that's when I met Sam Richardson from other half, and I made sure to give them the cans. I was like, hey, we're going to be neighbors, because I heard that they were going to be uh, down at uh, FLX, and that's, you know, we're, we're pretty close with those guys, and uh, um, it's, it's been really, really cool to have them right down the road from us. It's, yeah. It sounds like there's a whole, like, I always felt like there was some pretty cool shit. This was like I got into whenever, I guess it was 2018, 2019, when I was meeting with Will to, to trade. Um, but it sounds like the whole region has really just come up with all of those breweries in the in the area. And it's a great, you know, obviously any concentration of breweries is, is good for business because yeah. that's what people want. They want to, you know, they might not go out of their way yep. for one brewery, but if there's two, three, four in one area and they can make a day of it, then, you know. Oh, yeah people that are yeah. excited it seems to be it's like, ideal oh absolutely western new york is um not always a place that was probably associated with incredible craft beer historically like what happened why was there some sort of a renaissance in that i mean i guess it's happened everywhere you could probably argue but i feel like it's a pretty sure. special area like from you know the name i didn't know about equilibrium opening another place out there um, so it sounds like a uh, they're of, they're down in the Hudson Valley, but they're yeah. But oh, they're, okay, so it's a little further away. So they're close. Not that that yeah. far, but it seems like what what's what's going on out there? Like why why do you think no? What's happening? Just an influx of breweries opening. I mean, it just kind of started probably like five six years ago, where all of a sudden breweries started to slowly pop up. I mean. Uh, there was that the resurgence of the Genesee Brewery opened up their uh, the Genesee Brew House, where you can now go have dinner, have lunch, and they all have a pilot system in the back. I think that was a big thing to kind of boost things. But w- we just had brewery after brewery opening, and I don't even really know why Rochester became that popular. But all of a sudden. Everybody there's just a lot started of beer nerds uh, here. Latch. I think that's it. There's a yeah. There's a ton, and like if you go brewery hop, and odds are you're gonna run into one of them at least. So that's how you get to know people and make connections within the community. So I don't know. It just kind of caught fire, and I don't know if there was a rhyme or reason, but it, it did, and it's been incredible. Hmm. Interesting. It was always like. I, I mean, I'm here in Montreal. I used to live in Toronto, and I remember back in the day, my my old co-hosts uh, and I we did like a trip when we went down to but this was like 2011, 2012 or something, um, and went through. But and there wasn't really much. We even didn't. We went. There was one called. Is it called like Pearl Street or something in Buffalo? Pearl like Street really, Bar and Grill. Yeah, really old school. Like mm-hmm. nothing like that people today yep. would cream of, but that classic place. And we drove to Southern Tier type of thing. Um, cause okay. there wasn't really much else in between. It was hella far and we got there and it was closed and we didn't know, we're like, fuck, we're just so mad cause uh. it was like a six hour drive for nothing. But, um, idiots. But the, oh, yeah. I, I feel like that was yep. what I always pitched. It was always like, oh yeah, Buffalo's like, I think that's fine, I guess. But it didn't have anything like crazy. Um, and that just, I feel like it just like kept happening. I feel like uh, things were popping up and, you know, connecting with, with someone like Will and then with Jared. I don't know if we traded back then, actually, bro, but I, you know, hearing about everything. We did. We did? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I brought some yeah. stuff up to you to Montreal. Uh, we met at the we we traded at uh, the La Spas at the La Spas Public yeah event. Yeah, okay. I, that's where because because uh, now that I think about it, other half was absolutely doing mobile can releases out of there. They hadn't opened up, but like Josh said, they were bringing the box truck up because I think I gave you some other half. I believe sounds probably about right then. I think I gave you, if I'm not mistaken, I think I gave you one of their, uh, like, the Mexican stout, the short, dark, and handsome one. I think I oh, I that. remember that. Yes. Okay. All right. So that, that makes sense. But I feel like there was, it was almost like it, it, it happened in, like, this kind of short burst of time. Like, it wasn't like it, it, it was, like, eight years when shit got popping. I felt like it was, like, kind of, like, boom, like, just got really sick really quickly in that in that whole region. Yeah. So it's, you know, if, I guess it's sounds like there's a factor of just a whole bunch of beer nerds but also a whole bunch of beer nerds who homebrew really well and or and put their money up to start breweries probably in that region too i imagine it's significantly more affordable uh to open something out there than you know obviously in brooklyn where where like you're saying our half is coming up in equilibrium and so on and so forth but sure oh for sure yeah Absolutely. It just felt like every month there was a new brewery open for like a span of like yeah. two to three years. And it's still incredible. Uh, the fact there hasn't been a ton as of recently, but if you think about it, I can think of two breweries that have closed within up. that time. Oh, they yeah. are. There's, there's one opening up in Honeyway Falls re, uh, in the next couple of weeks, which is incredible. Like I thought uh, there was one brewery that closed downtown and about a year later, another brewery had purchased it and had opened up their own spot. So one brewery closed, yet another brewery opened up the exact same spot. Huh. How do you like? How do you guys feel about it? Like, do you feel like there's like a? Um, I guess it seems like it's going to become. Do you think it might could become like a whole other hot spot? Like, I, I guess it already is, but it's like it almost seems like. You know, for a beer now, I feel like you have to kind of go past it. It's just, it seems like there's too many incredible, like literal world class, I'm gagging for you to trade me this shit, please, type of breweries um, in one space, which I feel like isn't incredibly common. Yeah, I feel like Russia is a low key, uh, incredible beer destination. It's one of those places, like, if you think about that, you obviously think of like Portland, Maine, Portland, Oregon. Burlington, Vermont, you know, even like uh, Virginia, Diego, yeah. yeah, Virginia, Richmond, San Diego, Richmond, San Diego. Yeah. yeah, you think of those places, but it, I mean, Rochester's smaller, but the amount of breweries that have just popped up and kept on going since it's it's pretty impressive, and you know, it's definitely cool to to be a part of. Yeah, man, it's all five eight five eh? all day. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Represent. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite rappers is from then. He had this song called 585, so that's the only reason I know. Um, oh, nice. Yes. So, like, okay, interesting. It's just fascinating, man. Like, it's just really, it's really cool to sort of hear and um, that, that this is sort of how it went. So, with the um, the popularity of what, so what, what were the stuff that really, I, I imagine it's just the stouts and the smoothies. Like, how did, you know, you guys obviously started. Did you start? And there was hype, or did you just release some great shit? People were excited because there was a new brewery. Then they're like, "Oh my god, they're, the sours are, the smoothies are incredible, the stouts are incredible," and start spreading the word and trading and stuff. Like, what? What did that look? It like? had to do. It had to do. Well, we did, Josh would know uh, better, but it had to do better with their home brewing marketing or pre marketing. That's what I was hoping to hear. Okay. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, we were giving out bottles to everyone we knew on the local pages. Um, Paul would leave out like a cooler with bottles and just post like, come grab some, just want some feedback. Uh, so we had a little bit of a following just from people that tried the home brews. And then shortly after opening, we went to uh, Extreme Beer Fest in Boston. Boston. Uh, got invited there, brought some beers. And for some reason, a line formed, a little line, and then that line turned into a big line. Then there's people waiting in line, and they get up to the booth. They're like, I have no idea who you are or what beer is, but there's a line, so I waited in it. And that- <laughs> that sparked it for us so we got really lucky i don't know there's just like a line formed magically and uh is that the episode name there's a line so i wait every other person they're like they're just yeah there's a line so they must be good what do you have like okay yo that's i'm I'm writing down the name of that episode because that's crazy there's a line so i waited in it that's the funniest shit i've ever heard (laughs) <laughs> doesn't that just tell you about human nature <laughs> they don't even know what's up and they're like yeah. I don't know there was a line who are you what do you do <laughs> yep where I'm are sorry. you from yeah what's going on <laughs> dude that's that is fucking crazy. but that's how you're learning that's how you could spread have been serving, I mean like yeah you could be serving anything yeah. you could be serving like you could be serving like yeah, Miller High Life or some shit <laughs> Four different Roush beers. Yeah. <laughs> oh. You like smoke? <laughs> <laughs> you like bacon and campfire in a glass? Let's go. Um, that's crazy. Okay, so it was like... Yeah, so it that, was like, that really, I think, helped leapfrog us a little bit. And then some people... Um, there was a lot of people at that. Uh, that's when EBF was still... Uh, I think the last year when they were still really big, they had three sessions. One on wow. Friday, two on Saturday. Uh, so it was a lot of exposure for uh, us, and uh, it's just so, a lot of people found out about us just through. Hmm. So it was a mix, and of we were able to of... meet a lot of cool breweries there. Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess that's part yeah, of. We're what really too, big right? about connecting. If I'm at a at a festival, just walk around. Yeah, talk talk to different breweries and smart things like that. Yeah, just being cool. I mean, like, I guess That's it's like, just, yeah, just like talking to people and, and making those connections with yeah. a, a genuine interest in what they're doing, which obviously you guys would have had. Your home brewers, you're passionate, and you're like, oh, yeah, and you love beer. You do 12-hour round trips to, to Massachusetts, by that. I mean, yep. like going through two states. Yep. No, three. You're from New Hampshire, no? I think. Or not. Either way, it's a lot of states. No, um, it depends. <laughs> it really depends on, yeah, how you go there, but. You know, and I would tell some of the brewers that, like, you know, it, I'm, I'm a huge, I was a huge beer nerd. Like, I was into the trading game before all this. And, like, I still tell some of these breweries that we work with, like, if you knew what I went through to get some of your beer, you'd be mind blown. Do you have any, do either of you guys have it's, any it's, trade stories? Josh would more than I. I, yes. I always find it so I, funny. I used to take, I do a lot. I used to do road trips. Uh, my girlfriend and I, uh, we did one three days. We did New York to St. Louis to Iowa, Chicago, and home in three days just for beer. That's pretty intense. And that was uh, was that the to go side project one. 
And that was all because I wanted to. I did. Well, I got the, um, that was 2018 assassin release. I did the, the lottery for it and I, I won. Yeah. And so we had to go to Iowa and then I'm like, well, since we're going to Iowa, let's go to uh, St. Louis. Like I looked at a map and I'm like, it's, that's not even remotely close, but we did it. <laughs> so just uh, when we got back, there was there was so much beer in the car. It was unbelievable how much uh, we collected through that. That's crazy. But I was constantly going to uh, Hill Farmstead in Vermont. Um, it, was, it seemed like monthly I was doing that trip. Uh, monthly to like Treehouse Trillium, uh, just constantly. So I was trading, but I was more just driving to these breweries just to, to try the beer. Did that help? in your either approach to the business or your approach to the beer itself? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of the stouts that I was trading for, obviously I was a huge fan of angry chair. Um, I thought everything that they were doing, I was like, this is what I want to brew. Uh, used to be really like, that's all I used to drink was pastry stouts. Um, learn pretty quickly that you can't do that every, every day or it's <laughs> detrimental to your health, but, uh, <laughs> they are delicious. Uh, they but, are. yeah. So they yeah, you know, just to, to trade and, and try, okay, these, these beers are rating well, people are trading for them. People really are seeking these out. What makes them special? I want to try them. And then, uh, you get to try them and okay, this is, this is what, what we're going for. Mm. So it essentially inspired what, what you like to drink yeah. inspired what you want to make. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's exactly. I don't know if you guys have seen that. I always find that like, you know, we talk to a lot of breweries here, but the most the best breweries, in my opinion, are the ones who do exactly that. They make the styles that the brewers slash owners love to drink. People yep. I find that the brewers are like, oh, everyone's drinking New England, fine, I'll make it New England. And it's not really I guess there's no love in it. There's no passion in it. So they're like, yeah. oh no, this is the recipe, yep. do it, yep. and it's never that good. But, the, you know, the people that, it, I, that's kind of what I want to get to with this as well. I imagine that you guys are passionate about smoothies and pastries and, and, and haze and all the different stuff that you guys are making. Yep. So I think that's really important. Yeah, that's sick. That, that old sure. training world, I never really got heavily into it. I used to, well, when I say used to because of everything that's happened, I, you know, we were traveling a lot back in the day. So I always used to got you know get to try different stuff, but I wasn't really, I was never trading really very occasionally. Like you know if something happened, oh Garrett's coming to Montreal, like ah oh, sick man, I'll get you a bunch and give me some stuff. Beautiful, I will. He's going to a festival in Hamilton, so you know the collective arts ones, and we'd meet up and you know cool, we'd just just do eight cook beers, boom boom boom, like small things like that. Just friends. I was never like the guys on the trading forums because I heard some horror stories about those type of uh, individuals. Mm-hmm. They get a bit can't confirm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I did it once. Yeah. We did a big yeah. trip. We went down to, we hit up Treehouse. We hit up Trillion. Then we went up to Portland, Maine for a couple of days and we scooted over to Burlington, Vermont and did that, ran the gamut there, came back, kind of like Josh's trip had a, ridic- a ridiculous amount of beer. So I was like, I can't drink this all. Did some trading. And after that, I was like, never again. I can't. Unless, it, unless it's a personal friend or someone that I trust. Never again. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> it's just never. I heard there's like you know they're like, well, this was actually worth like one, you know, thirty three percent. Oh that. my they god! Start to the, get like, they're like, well, this yeah. is a two for one. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god. But dude, okay. 
Yeah, it's almost like I don't really care. Some people do money so that we spend the same. I've seen that before. With its friends, yeah. we didn't even talk about it. Like, I don't know. Do you want to do 10? Let's do 10. Let's do 12. Whatever. Let's just say that no, no one even talks about it because it's homeless. I'm, yeah, I'm more yeah. of like a can for can, bottle for bottle type of guy. I'm not yeah. like that. So, yeah. Some yeah. people were, and it just got to be a headache. You know, I'm I'm more about you know the process and obviously making the beer as opposed to what what a bottle goes on the secondary market. I I couldn't care less about that. Yeah, it starts to get a little crazy. I was just as you were saying now, just looking at the lacing in this this glass. This is incredible. This is yeah, it looks, this is looks nice. It's beautiful, man. This is such a great beer. So I don't know if I commented enough on it. This is fantastic. I'm really appreciating the. Uh, the inspiration behind it and it made a lot of sense. Um, it's it's really good. It's super easy. It's it's beautiful. It's fantastic. Um, Thank you. Cheers. Yeah, the trade stuff. Do you guys think then, because you guys, you know, whether you like it or not, I guess, because you happen to be making styles that you like, and those styles that you like are the styles that all the trade monsters like. Um, do you think that that trade, like, well, no, not do you think, because obviously it does, but what impact has that, uh, you know, uh, trading of your products and then therefore your brand, what impact has that had on the brew, do you think, as far as, you know, whether it's people local going and trading, whether it's like Jared, you were saying international or across the country or uh, whatever that means. You know? I think it, it, it does impact uh, what people are buying, but I don't think we've ever let that... Um, really sway us in whatever style we're going to brew. If we've always said we are brewing what we want to drink, I don't care if this style is trading for more, more sought after. This is, you know, right now I, I drink a lot of hazy IPA and lagers. That's, we're brewing a lot of those. We still like stouts. So we still brew those. Um, Dave and, and Paul are, are really the, the, I think the masterminds behind the, the fruited uh, sour type stuff, the smoothie stuff. So we, we have this, this team that we still want to just brew what we're drinking. And if people want to trade that and, and seek it out, that that's, that's a bonus. Right. Does it draw in tourism? Do you think? Yeah, I think um, some of the Hydra stuff, like especially in the beginning, there was a lot of people that come in just because, in our area, no one else was doing that. So you get these people that come in, they're like, I heard you guys are making these crazy smoothie sours, and they, they just had to come in to try them. Right. I mean, even when, when we've you, been you out of town, you like, know, working at festivals. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, I've had people approach me at festivals and been like, you know, I live in, like, sometimes, like, in, like, different states, and the thing I requested for my birthday is to just come up and visit your brewery because we – you know, traded for something and we loved it and wanted to come visit. And that's the kind of stuff that's really, really great to hear. That's yeah. sick, man. I love that. Yeah, I imagine that's probably what it would do, you know, it would make people sort of have that, like, goal to, to, to come through and, um, and actually check it out in person because yeah. that is like half, you know, it's like that journey. It's like that pilgrimage that, you know, going to some of your favorite breweries is one of the biggest things I miss yeah. personally, to be honest, about, you know, all this shit that happened you know, in the last couple of years, haven't been able to go anywhere uh, for the most part, uh, particularly here. So, like, yeah, I feel like that's that's you know, particularly if you're able. At, at the same token, like getting them remotely is, I guess, the next best thing to be able. But there's something special about going to the place that you really respect and seeing it for yourself and 
talking yeah. to the people and having that experience there, watching Bob Ross. Yeah. Yeah, there's no substitute that's, you know, for that's that. The, that's what I miss nice. the most because yeah. our, you know, our tap room's just not what it used to be. Um, we still, for what, the shift, you know, we kept a chunk of the bar. We put it on casters. We roll it out. Uh, we kept some of the same tables. We tried to make it similar uh, to what people knew and loved us for. Uh, but there's still, you know, the, the experience is still not what it used to be. So we're super excited to get this this tap room um, full build out, brand new, and um, make that experience special again for people. It still is, you know, it still is special. I think, uh, you know, you, you could have the best idea in the world, but if you don't have the people to execute it, uh, it, it doesn't mean anything. So the team still does a great job, uh, but uh, I, you know, just want want that that beautiful tap room setting again. Yeah, is that at the same location? It's not like a secondary tap room. It's the same. No, location. no, yeah. this is no, this will be it'll different. Be a completely different location. Oh, a new one. Okay, sick. Yeah. In the area or um, yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, it'll be it'll, it'll uh, be in downtown Rochester. Yeah, nice. Yeah, that's yep. sick. Okay, I mean that's super cool, man. I mean that's I guess that's sometimes uh, what you got to do to just switch it up and revamp it yeah. and, and i guess it's a new place that doesn't have yeah, the stigma just, of being affected by the last couple of years it's this new thing yeah and it's you know it's a, it, we couldn't up the production without doing what we did so i don't regret it i just i just want people to really have a, a true um ex- mortalis experience again so are you saying that there's like the the production has sort of bumped into the tap room and taken up some of that space that's what happened. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh up, no shit, eh? So it took up a, a huge majority of the tap room. Oh yeah. I okay. That makes so much more sense. So if you think uh, you know, you just think of like a like a three thousand square foot box, and a portion of it was the brewery, and the other portion was the tap room. We've slowly just keep creeping into the the tap room area now to where the I don't know comfortably, Jared. What do you think? Fifty. 50, 60 people could sit down. Yeah, yeah, about that. What was it? Outdoors. And that's without, yeah, that's with outdoor. That's with outdoor, okay. What was it prior to the expansion? I think it was like, yeah, I think it was like 160 or something like that. With outdoor. We could do, yeah, you could, yeah, with people outside, you, you could definitely cram some people in there, especially on our big releases. It was, there was a lot of people. Shit. Yeah. Okay. So I guess we didn't get to that before. That makes that makes a lot of sense. And so having a completely separate space, would that separate space be a tap room only, or would you have like a mini brew pub situation in there where you can maybe? Yes. Yep. Tap, tap room only. Oh, tap room only. So okay, in, cool. in New York State, they offer. Yep. So in in New York State, you can be a uh, New York State uh, farm brewer. Uh, which allows you to have five satellite offices uh, that you don't actually have to do production on. Uh, so you could have five tap rooms, but and you just have to use a certain portion of New York State grown ingredients in the beer per year. All right. Man. So if we just use you know uh, New York State malts, uh, we have a, a nice maltster right down the street from us. Uh, there are some pretty good hops that are grown in New York State uh, that you can use. So that that fills the requirement and then you can have multiple offices with no production alcohol laws are fascinating they're they're bizarre (laughs) they're wild 
Bizarre is uh, is right. Jesus, that's cool. And the amount of variation by state is unreal. Oh yeah, man. Even I'll be able to Oh yeah, all these festivals sending beer and like some of the the states, the hoops they make you jump through just to send a few kegs in for a festival is outrageous. Let, yeah. Tell me if this is worse than here. If you want to go from say you want to either either side Quebec and Ontario, if you want to bring in kegs, they have to go into the the warehouse of the the provincial alcohol body for uh, twelve weeks. So it's three months. They have to sit. Whoa. No. Wow. So as no. you can imagine, no, people don't here. really go through those methods and they just pick, get them in their car and they just fucking drive them. Yep. It's the, yeah, only, yeah. It's the only way that's, you have to go that's around. That's insane. The worst, you know, here, like state to state, um, some states you can ship in direct, uh, but some have to go through a distributor and have to touch distributors with the whole holding time. They just... They have to be shipped to a distributor, and it has to be, you know, that that um, to rule it. So that means some, there's a middleman that gets that chain paid. That's that you, you, yeah, yeah. Okay. Either way, and then, like for us in New York, uh, we can do self self distro. Yeah. Okay. So I could just throw a keg in my trunk from the brewery and bring it to a restaurant and sell it to them direct. Okay, that's in that's here too. I think it's more just when you cross lines, when you cross provincial lines. So maybe it's the same there. When you sure, but there's some states that you can't do that uh, for sure. You, oh, you can't just drive it to a restaurant. They have to go to a distributor. No, some to go to states a restaurant. you have to go through a distributor. Oh wow. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. See, that's. Uh, I, I guess we can thank prohibition for all of these rules. It's just so bonkers, eh? When you really think about yeah. it, like, none of this makes any sense. And even sales out of certain tap rooms. I know, like, there are certain states where they can only sell you a certain amount of beer per day. That's crazy. So, like, you couldn't yeah. go and like, either, like, pause or, like... Yeah, cans. Georgia's really bad. But G- oh, I, I heard Georgia's Georgia was one crazy. that yeah. Yes, I heard they only yeah, were Georgia's allowed to have brutal. tap rooms they, recently. They just... Like, in the and, last couple yeah, of years, they, right? Yeah, uh, they just tried to... Yep. Yeah, and they just tried to overturn that uh, limit on how much to-go beer you can buy and it didn't get overturned. Oh, what can you, what can oh, you get? It's like less than a case, I think. They, they put it to a vote and it, it lost. Yeah, oh. it, I think it's like four, it's like four four-packs or something oh, per person. Goodness. And they send in secret shoppers, I believe, to like try to, to like... Get, yeah, it's, it's insane. Bro. Oh. Prohibition yeah. like really ruined a lot of stuff. To, isn't it really funny? When was Prohibition? A hundred years ago. It's in the twenties, nineteen twenties. Yeah, and it's still, still lingering. It makes sense. yeah in some areas. Like, no, I think it's basically everywhere. It's touching every alcohol law everywhere because it ha- it's happening here too. Like, and there's so many small little ridiculous things that you can't do. I remember being in Australia, and there was one because I've lived here for almost twelve years, so it's been a while. And I went back, and we were at a a, a bar, not a brewery, a bar, and the bar. The outdoor patio, it wasn't a direct door to it. You had to go out the front door, walk down, and then down the street. It was still next to it, but there wasn't a direct door to it. And you had oh to take – so you could go and get your pints. You go, okay, cool. And you walk out the front door and you walk down – like literally where there's no tables, down the street, turn the corner, and then walk up to the tables and then you're allowed to drink it there. And I was like – I remember doing that. I'm like, in Canada, wow. whether it's Quebec or Ontario, there is no way you would be allowed to carry open – alcohol on the street to walk around to a, a patio that's a licensed part of the venue. 
Um, no. So it just it reminded me of how different, I guess, all of the, the laws are that you guys are just talking about. I forgot about the Georgia thing, which is bonkers. Um, you know, and then even the yep. stuff here, like if you're doing festivals, people don't even, like if you want to bring something in from another province and it's something that has a shelf life, you, you have to go under the radar, otherwise it's, it's not going to For happen. sure. So it's, it's, yeah. Well, even, even just buying even alcohol county from like county here. Oh yeah? yeah? There's rules out there? There are still dry counties in, in New York. What's a dry county mean? Basically, they can't have any sort of, they can't, uh, sell alcohol in that county. What do you mean? Like at a bar? Or at a... Like, like anywhere. They wouldn't even, they wouldn't even have a bar. Yeah, they keep... wouldn't even have a bar. So you have to go to the next county order in order to purchase alcohol. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, my wife's grandparents live, <laughs> live oh. in one of those counties. So you visit them and you got to be like, cool, I'm going to go for a 20-minute drive just so I can buy a four-pack. Yeah, we don't visit them much. <laughs> I can imagine. Wow. Yeah, okay. it's like they have to drive next. I mean, they could bring it over, have... but once you can't purchase it within. That's insane. That, honestly, I've never heard that before. Even in uh, Buffalo, close to where you were, in, uh, you said you visited Big Ditch. I did, yes. There's a town in Buffalo, East Aurora, mm -hmm. that uh, has full open container in the whole town. So you can, you can get a plastic cup at a bar and just walk down the and street. Down. It sounds like you will legal. legal. Wow. See, that yep. shit is crazy. And it's just one, one county. So, yeah. like, every, every county is completely different. Um, yeah, they... Yeah. Yeah, so, it's, yeah, like, literally dry, or literally you can pour it into a cup and walk out of the place. <laughs> and everything in between. And everything in between. Right. See, like, uh, I mean, when you look at it like that, that just really shows you how much more is... <laughs> Well, I know even in the New England area, even in terms of purchasing beer or like alcohol, period. So we, we have family down in Rhode Island and, you know, in, in Rochester, you can go to any sort of grocery store or convenience store or gas station and purchase uh, usually beer or any sort of or most alcohol. But all the alcohol in like the New England region is like in what they call package stores. So like you can't walk into like your local grocery store and buy like, you know, your groceries and then like a case of beer. You got to go elsewhere for that. Interesting. That was what it was like in Ontario for the longest time too. They just added grocery yeah. stores recently. Okay. Did so, they? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like the, the ABC liquor stores in Hawaii. The, oh, the ABC, what's that? In Hawaii, they have the, the um, what do you guys call them? The drug stores. Yeah. Yeah. Drug stores too. That was the first time I'd ever seen that shit. Because in Australia, yeah. they call it a chemist. And, it, and a, a, pl oh, a place okay. that sells drugs sells drugs. That's it. But then you go into North America, and then you've got cigarettes and alcohol. I'm like, what the f And then food. I'm like, what is this? It was the craziest thing to see. You then sell like, everything there. Yeah. Yeah, in our pharmacies, yeah. Yeah, it's basically like a it's just a little bit lesser grocery store essentially. Basically, the ones here don't have alcohol. I think they have everything else. I must have to have cigarettes, but they don't have alcohol for sure. That's the one. Uh, the one ours do. <laughs> Much more convenient if I'm honest. Um, as long as they're selling fire. Um, yeah. Speaking uh, of fire, most of the time now. <laughs> yeah, most of the time. Okay, good, good. Um, shall we move to the next one? I know we were we were kind of yapping. Do we the other IPA? Is that what we do? Yeah. Yeah. 
So if you want the other IPA, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, what's the name of that one again? Hephaestus. Hephaestus. Okay. Yes, want to um, just explain what's in or it? Or is uh, every, every... There we go. Yeah. Do you want to just explain yeah. what's in it? I'll be back in it's, like... It's uh, Citra, Citra Galaxy. Citra Galaxy? Yeah. Talk us through it. Yeah, so this is very similar, pretty similar grain bill to Zeus. Pretty close color. And Citra Galaxy. There's also right Cashmere in the Whirlpool. And, and Cashmere, I believe, is in the Whirlpool. Oh, that's right, yeah. Oh, yeah, there, there is some Cashmere, yep. Really One of our more difficult uh, to pronounce beers. There's a few of them. It's the Greek. Hepatitis, the Greek as everyone calls it. Hepatitis, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Part of our STD yep. series. <laughs> as long as you like it, it doesn't matter if you can pronounce it. That's all that matters. So Citra Galaxy. Citra Galaxy, Cashmere. And Cashmere. I forgot there's Cashmere And who is, I don't know if you said, I I heard most of what you're saying. Um, Who is that name before? Everyone knows Zeus? This gentleman sounds like a... He uh, is a... I don't know if it... I forget the exact... I know he's some kind of blacksmith, uh, but I don't know... Because every god has like multiple, like things. Yeah, it's like multiple. Roles, so it's uh, like depending on like where what history you read. Oh right, it's like blacksmith, metalworking, and I believe like carpentry, so, something along the lines of that. So you'll see, like obviously on the label, yeah. he's obviously like you know forging a sword on it. So that's kind of where that comes from. Ah okay. Love it. So this is 8%. Now, is this one learned, also... I've learned so much about... about Greek mythology? Greek mythology. <laughs> oh, it's... Yeah. A few um, Jeopardy questions I've gotten right because oh. of it. Man, you should... You, have you applied? <laughs> you should get on this. <laughs> Not Has, enough for that. Oh, <laughs> hey, man. Hey, you never know. I feel like sometimes you watch those shows, you're like, man, I could do this shit. It's just like, this is pretty doable. Um... This particular beer, now would you, I'm looking at, sorry, my, my girlfriend's just taking photos for the promo here. The beer itself, is this also inspired by a treehouse kind of beer or is this something a little different? Thank you. No. No, this is a little bit more new school. Uh, new school. Say the green bill, yeah, the green bill is slightly different than Zeus and... Um, the hop saturation is probably a, a little bit more in this one. Um, I think there was maybe a little less uh, bittering hop because Zeus still uses uh, – pretty much all of our hazies still have a small bittering addition. Okay. So we still like them to have a little bit of bite um, instead of uh, you know going like 
for that like zero IBU kind of um, fruit salad uh, train that a lot of uh, breweries are, are doing. Yeah, yeah. Get that. But this Marang one also very similar color to Zeus. This is the yes. color we like. So maybe it's like, a little bit lighter in color. Yeah, maybe a touch. I feel like it's like it's sort of it's like just shy of like murky. Like it's super it's super hazy, but it's um. Yep. Like you can, you know, there's like just a little bit of like you can kind of see through it, so it's not this like mud type of situation. But the the, the head is just insane. Right. It's kind of got the. And that's likely because uh, you know we are centrifuging all the these IPAs as well, so they do look quite murky, uh, and then they a little bit more refined when they come out of the centrifuge. Gotcha. Okay. I feel like it's. I know we had these these sort of back to back, but the. Um, I feel like, oh, wow, the phone is auto-correcting to spell the name right. Look at that. Love it. Love to see it. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the, I feel like it's definitely, am I getting the dankness? The, I feel like it's to a lesser degree because I know Simcoe is super uh, dank kind of hot. Yeah, I think that's probably the cashmere that you're getting a little bit of that. Cashmere? That oh, it's very phone. different. Oh, my God, yeah. Sorry, even just smelling the cans. It's it's yeah. it's less dank and a yep. little bright, like a a fair bit brighter. It's probably the the galaxy is really probably the the shining, the huge difference on the nose. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The good galaxy, the good galaxy. Is there yeah. a bad galaxy? Oh in, yeah, in the past year or so, yes. Bad galaxy. Yo, I heard that. I heard there's been some shit galaxy. Depending on the yes. region it's grown in. Yeah. Okay. That's my people. I apologize. Yep. That was part of our growing pains, too, is we, we, we spent a little bit not knowing that. But once we figured it out, the difference was uh, astronomical. It was insane. So what was that the, the batches of hops from the grower, or was it the processing of the hops and the way you used it in the beer? It was... From what we we've gathered, um, the the Victorian Galaxy is better than Tasmania. We're for Victoria, so you know the vibes. <laughs> um, okay, that Tasmania would yeah, be colder if you actually think of what Tasmania. what the reasoning is. Yeah, but what did they say? They didn't say. Yeah, I thought that some. From what I've heard, there was uh, some fires uh potentially that that messed up some of the soil but i have no idea in victoria there you know, was just there might have been in tassie well where i oh, where sorry. i grew up in there was there's always a lot of fires uh we didn't go back in 2020 before all of this specifically because of the crazy fires going on in um oh wow in, in victoria new south wales but gotcha um we always had fires out there because it gets really dry it makes sense i guess i could change the soil yeah, I guess it probably yeah. could. And and the areas where they would grow hops, obviously, are regional, you know, rural areas. Um, there's a lot of uh, Australia. It's very interesting. If you've, have you guys been? No, unfortunately no. not. Not yet. No. So Australia, even compared to New Zealand, Australia is super brown in comparison. As far as like, there's a lot more like, le- like maybe less rain. But there's just this. There was always like water shortages. We grew up having they they sometimes the government sent these like timers that you're supposed to put in the shower. So you put the shower and you turn upside down and it was like a three minute timer to have a shower. 
we weren't allowed to wash our cars with a hose. You had to use a bucket of water and you had to wash the car off with water, a bucket, not in a hose because you weren't allowed to waste water. Um, oh, wow. They were really like pedantic wow. about it. Um, so moving to oh, Canada wow. was okay. uh, appealing because there's the Arctic so that if shit hits the fan, there is a complete ice cap. But, you know, we're good. Um, yeah. But uh, so I wonder if that could have part of it. So I think because of that dryness, that arid dryness, like you know, the whole middle of Australia is a desert. So I could imagine that the fires would be more attracted to those areas. And of course, yes, it would, it would definitely change the soil. Maybe change it for the better if you're saying Victorian. Because I don't know much about Tassie. I've never actually been there. It's like an island just off Australia that's a, a state. I guess it broke off thousands of years ago. But it's the only okay. thing in between Australia and, and Antarctica, if you think about it like that. It's pretty crazy. So, like, okay. there's probably different weather conditions as well. It gets a little... doesn't, like, get as... Strangely, it doesn't get as cold as up here. But it's... um, I couldn't imagine those weather conditions might affect it. Yeah, that's, that's probably it. I don't... Like we said, we don't... Not really sure why, but there was just a, a period of time. Because, I mean, Galaxy blew up, and that was, like, the like the best top then people yeah. loved it and then yeah. yeah and then all of a sudden there was just a a period of time where certain crops were just, just destroying beer yeah yeah kind of crazy well i feel like i feel like in this one the galaxy isn't like overwhelming or anything um i'm still getting some citrusy no. vibes is there any and other that's like, on purpose that's on purpose okay so you like pulled it back restrained it a bit yeah, because we're we're just always nervous with Galaxy now, so <laughs> we won't ever really get over that thirty percent of the dry hop of okay. Galaxy, just in case. Smart. Um, what are some of the other uh, profiles um, getting here? I feel like it's like a touch dank and citrusy, but not to the same extent as um, Zeus. Yeah, and I, I start I get a little bit on the nose, I get a little bit more of almost approaching that kind of um I always say like that bubblegum kind of like nose on it. Like mm-hmm. the candied candied hop almost like a sweet it smells sweet, but it, it, it isn't sweet. It it actually is I think semi dry for a for a hazy. Yes, it's not, not too crazy. There's a touch you of might also get yeah, like a maybe lemon a little, lime. A touch of sweetness, yeah. Mm. Yeah, a touch of sweetness. Lemon lime. Yeah. So it's kind of like old citrus. It's not just like orange. It's sort of like a... Yeah. Yeah. It's good, great hot burps, which I love. Ah, the hot best. Burps. Are they the oh, best? Yeah. <laughs> and so and it's, it's, still, it's still smooth. still smooth without... Um, you know, I don't get any kind of like um, harshness or any kind of lingering kind of burn. No, uh, you get you get that nice hop saturation flavor, and then it just kind of dissipates. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, I like the, what you just call it, hop saturation. I like that. Yeah, man, this is solid. I'm starting to see. Obviously, you know, now doing two two of your IPAs back to back, I'm seeing the. You can you can you can tell sort of what you guys are going for. Would you say that these two IPAs are um, yep. reflective of, um, of what you guys do? I would say so. 
since there's yeah, one, a couple the, of the, the more new, recent ones. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Do you do any so like I know we talked about it before? I think I these were packaged. I don't see any. Do you, do you put any date codes? You guys don't do date codes typically. Yeah, the our our uh, our, our, our date coder sucks. Is, uh, currently broken, so there's no dates on these. Gotcha. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It just shoots like blotches of ink on the bottom of the can right now. So yeah, you can't read it. <laughs> so it's kind of pointless. Um. They both taste super fresh. You might be able to be one. Yeah, and I think Zeus... Did these come out in the same week, Jared? I think they're maybe two and three weeks old. Something like that? Yes. I think, I think, we, I think, I think they were packaged in mid to late May. I believe so. I believe that's around the same time. Yeah, yeah so, two, two, three yeah, they're weeks. Probably, they're, they're probably they're probably about yeah, probably about three, two or three weeks ago. So this one was, was our, released uh, May twentieth. Okay, along with uh, okay. Morning Truffle and Frosé Hydra, which I actually think I had recently. And that is a Hydra. So yeah, it would probably be. And I think Zeus was the week before that. Yeah, maybe you didn't post about it. We should have. Unless I'm... I could be completely... Oh, maybe it's like a a bunch. Oh, here we go. No, my bad. It's probably looped, uh, bunched in with a few things. Bunched in with other ones, probably, yeah. I'm sure I could find mm-hmm. it. Uh, oh, here we go. There's a bunch of them. Um, either way, though, they, they both taste like super fresh. Um, but there's like... Yeah, there's like a cool similarity, which is... I guess I had no expectations about what your IPAs would be like. So it's like, are there, I know this was more, both of these ones are more along what people could consider like the treehouse style, which we've talked about here a bunch as well, like that kind of more dank citrus forward um, IPAs. Do you do any other, like, is there much differentiation as far as, I mean, it's not bad or good either way. I feel like it's sort of like, if this is the vibe that you're going for. This is a, this is money. I love this shit. I feel like, I feel like this is less common, actually, um, than maybe some other kind of um, styles of IPA, and I really appreciate this. I feel like I haven't had something with this sort of profile for a while, and as someone who drinks a relatively decent amount of these things, at least locally, you know, previously, uh, more breadth to my, my drinking, but you know, due to circumstances, it's, uh, it's more locally, but this, this does not taste like anything I've had recently. In, in, in an amazing way. Yeah, like Josh said, we, uh, we've been really trying to dial in those IPAs and, and make them better. Uh, we're, we're trying to increase the freshness, make them more shelf-stable for a while. You know, you know, they'd be great for like the first couple weeks, but then they'd really fall off. But I mm. feel like the stability of them have been uh, have improved tremendously. So. Mm. You know, we're getting there slowly but surely. But like most things, it's going to take some time. But we're we're definitely trying to dial in that profile and and and, and kind of make it our own mm-hmm. along the way. I like that. Do people comment on that? Do people talk about that? that this hey, this doesn't taste like um, every other hazy. IPA yeah, I think we possibly. see. Yeah, we see that that there. Yeah. Are, but you know, it's double-edged sword because 
sometimes people just want it to taste like everything else. Every other, you know, a try can't please everyone. It tastes tastes amazing, and right. But if we can keep a unique flavor profile, I think that's a win. Couldn't agree more, man. I think in this day and age, I know it's an interesting thing about do you do you make beer to fit in or do you make it to stand out? And you know, like drinkers can be yeah. right. IPAs are tough. IPAs, doubles, even uh, you know one of the breweries that we're close friends with, Fidens out in Albany. Uh, a lot of people equate them to like early treehouse. So it's one of those things where you're just kind of going, okay, according to some people, they're the same as what was previously done, but um, they're also trying to create their own identity. Mm. So it, it's tough to follow that, create your own thing, because people have they're, that pre- They're making killer beer. Yeah, they're, pl- they're making probably some of the best hazies in the game, for sure. Okay, interesting. I feel like... We'll have to... Yeah, Sorry. We'll have, we'll have to get you some of that. <laughs> yeah, man, we, we can do another trade, my G. We'll, we'll, I'm always down. This is uh, oh, like this is like a pleasure for me. Like I don't think y'all understand. Like because I in the last two years, like I was so I was always everywhere. Like Vermont is 45 minutes from here, and I haven't been there in fucking more than two years, and it's killing me because Trader Joe's is the greatest place on the planet. And uh, I had to get my <laughs> friend in San Diego to send me some stuff recently. He sent me all the spices and the. The green dragon sauce and shit. Uh, the pumpkin right. spice. Yeah, oh, I love it. Um, New York State. This is something like, you know, this is the other thing I miss. We used to go to Afropunk in Brooklyn every year. Uh, like, like until, uh, basically up until before the pandemic, we went every year. And um, it was like such a, like a regular thing. I really enjoyed it. We used to always do a vlog where we go to all the, all the Brooklyn breweries. And then... Sort of that helped us really to discover a lot more of what's happening, and I feel like New York State seems to be a really special place for craft beer right now. Not just the city, but the whole state. Like whether it's Northwest, whether it's like the middle where you're talking about Albany and um, I imagine like Syracuse and all the other sort of cities are, are, are you know Hudson Valley and all those type of places. And Suarez, I think, is out there as well. Um, yes, sir. What's going on in, yeah, oh, yeah. in New York? Yeah, Fantastic. killing it, right? So, and then with the Krispies and stuff, I remember being at, what's a sick beer bar in Brooklyn? Starts with tea. Fuck. There's this crazy beer bar that's super famous. I just had a complete blank. Honestly, I've not been in New York City since I was like 12, so I have no idea. (laughs) Okay. There's there's a place somewhere in Williamsburg. I remember. I'm... I'm having a blank. I'm going to kick myself I guarantee you Josh knows. He's just blanking. Yeah, I think we're all I'm putting us all. I've probably been. I've probably been there. No, it's almost <laughs> guaranteed. Like I would be completely shocked if you haven't. It was. It's like a. Oh my goodness! Either way, it was the first time I'd had like the three-step slow pour um, on tap okay. a few years ago. Um, oh my god! I can't believe I forgot what it's called. It's just like a really known, super small, unassuming place, but it used to have a Michelin star chef. Um. And they just—they're just a bar, like they just have like a crazy tap list. But that's the first time I had the Suarez family, like you know, crispy, poured like that. And I've, I haven't tried Hudson Valley, but I've heard a lot about them. I haven't tried Fidens, but I heard about them. Um, it seems that there's like this like renaissance of like New York beer as a, as a as a state. 
what do you guys think might be like what's going on is it just like nature taking its course or that's just happening there's a lot of people in new york state so therefore there's more of a chance of there being more you know great home brewers great brewers great passionate beer people like you know what's happening i mean even the the population's not that that crazy in our area uh, no? yeah new york yeah. city has a ton of people there's a lot of great breweries down there it's it's hard to explain why why people would be going there. why New York just became it just it just happened I I I really don't have a good answer for that yeah it's kind so spread out I mean even down you know down in the Hudson Valley region I mean what I mean you got a few you got Equilibrium you have Hudson Valley you have Suarez I mean that's not too far from from New York City so that could account to the popularity but I mean. It's not only that, like they're making killer beer out there. So, I mean, we were in equilibrium for an event for our barrel age release uh, collab that we did with them. And I mean, they're in Middletown, New York, which is literally in the middle of nowhere. There's not much to that town, but the turnout was unreal. And the amount of people that just traveled to be there, we ran into people from Rochester there that, you know, drove four hours just to just to have a couple pours, which is which is wild. It's a beautiful thing. Eh? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It it's really very is. Cool. The bar is called that, Toast, by the way. I knew it. I've been there. I've been there yeah, multiple you've been times. Been to Toast. Yeah. <laughs> so it just seems like I feel like you know we used to drive. Uh, well, until we we flew one time to New York, we're like, oh, this is way easier. But we used to drive because <laughs> I wanted to be able to go to a few breweries and bring a whole bunch of shit back. But I could also just put it in my bag and it's not that serious. Not like, you know, your St. Louis, Iowa, Chicago trip, but you know, a (laughs) decent amount of stuff. Um, Yeah. It just seems like a real, like a really creative dope place. So even somewhere as ridiculous where the, um, you know, that the real estate is out of control as as Brooklyn is just like, because we always stayed in Williamsburg when we went, it was just seemed to be like a really cool place to you know, be based. There's so much around, whether it's from like, you know, we always went to other half or, or beer wax. We had them on the podcast as well. Amazing sure. beer bar out there. Um, there's just so much happening. And then, you know, like the Northwest and stuff where you guys are at, I just, you know, this concentration, the fact that other half came up there, I feel like that really says a lot about the area too, because I think there was a few little things going on. And maybe when they chose that region, to expand to, um, which sounds like it was under that that program that you were talking about, uh, Josh. Um, I don't know if that if that helped put the area on people's radars. We're like, ooh, okay, Rochester, right, what's happening in Finger Lakes? You know that region. Like, there's something going on here. Like, you know, yep. they're, they're sort of attracting people. It's affordable. It's close to a lot of things. It's close. There's two major cities like in the in the area close. You know, you're just over the border from the biggest city in Canada. Like, you know, it's a pretty yeah. cool region. Yeah, and with uh, the previous can releases, yep. like we mentioned Absolutely. earlier, where the other half, you know, came up and did the, the can releases at Tap and Mallet. I think the turnout there, plus the location that they got uh, out in Bloomfield, uh, is unreal. And they they basically stole it from the previous owner. They they had <laughs> such a good price on that; it was almost it, it, you couldn't pass it up. It's a it's an unbelievable location that they have out there. Yeah, they got a great deal. 
So it's, it seems like there's like, yeah, I guess it's put a bit of, um, you know, the concentration of breweries and then just in the state. I don't know, it's just, it's anecdotal, but it just seems like there's a, a really a lot happening out there, even through a time that was pretty rough for everybody in the last couple of years, as far as, you know, if you want to say businesses specifically, you know, so many restrictions, particularly with the physical, in, in, you know, in-person stuff. Um, and what you're able to do, and you know, you would have had to probably triple down on on all the packaging and canning and stuff, so that you could get the the products out to people and and so on and so forth. But it's just kind of cool to 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 sort of see that, that sort of growth and change. And you know, obviously, I don't live there, but you know, whatever, been there a bunch of times. But you know, you guys are there. It just seems like there's really like a something cool going on out there that's um, capturing the. Like, as far as the East Coast, I feel like it's a big part. Like, we all know that Burlington and, and Vermont is killing it. We all know that, like, Massachusetts and, and Portland may be killing it. But I really feel like New York was, wasn't always the place that was talked about for craft beer. New York as a state or the city, whatever. No. Both. I agree. And then all of a sudden, it was like, oh, you know, these guys, you know, someone like Will coming to Toronto that I meet through the grapevine. He's just coming into Bellwoods. I think I met him at Bellwoods one time, actually. And, um, oh yeah, Will loves Bellwoods. Oh, he's a huge fan. And don't Chip. we all though? Don't we all? <laughs> Bellwoods is the the goats, man. I'm, I'm, I love them. I love so them great. And uh, they, uh, you know, that link up stuff I sent you. Remember how yep. I, that, that's our like nonprofit Bellwoods. By the time this comes out, people will know Bellwoods are dropping next week. Um, we got them on on link up, which I am fucking stoked about because it's no way. What did you guys look. get to do? What style of beer? They did a uh, double IPA. Um, uh, I forgot what the hops were, but it's like, a, I think, 8 or 8.5 uh, double IPA. Because we don't interfere with the the actual beer itself or the label or anything, but very, very happy that they, they did it. It's a great look for us. And we're looking to expand into the States um, next, you know, continuing from there. We've got a few, you know, there's some Vermont breweries who are interested in, and whatever, but we should actually talk to you guys, see if it's, if it's a fit. Um for sure. But yeah, even just you know, talking to Will and then meeting you, Jared, and then, you know, you bringing up stuff and I'm like, oh, wow, what is this shit? Like, obviously, I've, you know, I've been to other half a bunch of times in, in Brooklyn, but um, I didn't know what Fifth Frame were until you guys gave that to me. And then that was pre-Mortalis days, uh, now I think of the dates. But yeah, it just seems to be like super cool because I never would have thought that the, you know, trading beers with with a couple of dudes out that way would, you know, you guys were really proud of what you guys had locally. And I thought that was really, yeah. really cool to me. The fact that, oh, you, you need to try this. And yeah, look, you bring in the other half stuff, but you gave me other stuff too. And yeah, I and think I gave you some three heads, I think. Potentially. Yeah. That sounds familiar. There, there was a bunch of stuff, but you were really proud to give me the local stuff. And I thought that's pretty sick. And this was, yeah, yeah. The pre- I figured, you know, you being in Montreal, you know, might as well bring you something that you potentially haven't had before. So, highly like, and there's so yeah. so much up here. I think I I don't know if I brought you some Swift water. I might have, but I can't I can't quite remember. But I have to check. I yeah, reviewed everything, and it was so just, many good options. Yeah, there's, there's there's so many great things. It just seems like a really great place to be to be to be based at, to be based from, to be from. Are you guys both from the region, by the way, or are you sort of? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yep. from the west side. Yep. He's from both, the east side. It's both a- grew up around here. <laughs> okay. You got some beef? 
Are we good? <laughs> no, it's just a, that's just where we're going. <laughs> okay. No, 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 no beef. No beef. No beef. <laughs> just, we good, op- we good. just opposite sides of the same city. Rochester seemed <laughs> lovely, by the way. Everything was was great. the The city was super cool. Um, I enjoyed the whole place. But yeah, it's, it's like it's just really interesting when you think about the you know when you see commonalities, particularly maybe you guys are there, so it's like you might not see it as much. But I'm looking from the outside. And I'm seeing, you know, the I'm seeing a lot of people on Instagram post about you guys. Like I, I knew about you before, Jared, when you said you worked, I was like, You work at fucking Mortalis? Like what? Like I feel like you didn't like tell me that you worked there and I was just like, hang on, this is pretty crazy because I know how excited so many people I know are about your brand and about what you do. And you know I didn't at the time where we met face to face. I had I did not You did not, you did not. I guess, you know, obviously nah. we kept in touch over the time and you never told me, I guess we, I never asked you, but you never told me. So like, I just, I was very like, oh man, this is like a fantastic, uh, you know, this is the place to be at. And, and just to seeing how excited people over here are, and I can only imagine what that is, you know, in the US, I know I've got friends in, in the West Coast who get super excited about all the East Coast stuff and vice versa. So, you know, you guys are really in this, in this wonderful yep. um you know, conversation of just, you know, breweries that people are passionate about and want to share with, with others who are into the same thing. So it's a, it's a very cool situation to be in as far as what you guys yeah. are doing. Absolutely. Love to hear it. Just, just brings people together. That's it, man. That's what beer is for. You have to let us. You have to let us know the next time you're in the Rochester area. Oh man, I'm. Uh, I'm not, don't even worry. It's a hundred percent. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we're trying to sort of. We're, we're trying to buy a house right now, so we're trying to figure that out. Once that's all sorted, then we're going to get back in the travel game. We thought let's just sit our asses tight to just get this sorted. We actually have to leave tomorrow morning to go to Ontario to go look at a bunch of places. But um, as soon as that's sorted, we're going to be in business. But um, I was going to say the oh, – fuck, I had a really good question. God damn it, I got distracted by the house there. It was about what we were just talking about. We are talking about you guys being based there, um, people being passionate about – okay, yeah, cool. So the – you know, the, this type of style of, of, of brewery, which sounds like it wasn't – you weren't doing it for any hype reason. You were doing it. You know, Josh and Paul and your partners, you were doing it because that's what you love to make. That's what you love to drink. The best time. I've heard criticisms of, of, there's a whole bunch of breweries that are in this vibe where they make crispies, smoothies, pastries, haze, and stuff like that. They're like, what if the trend moves? What if people's palates change from those particular, I think those four styles uh, are probably the main thing. Like, have you have you ever thought about like what if shit changes and people stop being interested in these styles and what that means for the business at all? I can't see it happening. Not, if I'm really not necessarily. Uh, no, you know it. it again. I've said a few times already that uh, we're just going to keep brewing what what well, we're you drinking. Like to drink. Yeah. Uh, if yeah, if there's a a new style that is really catching fire, I have no problem trying to to brew it. I, I'm not going to release it unless I think it's a high caliber yeah. version of that. Yeah. Um, it might take a few tries, but 
that's you know kind of where the eight bit um, idea was was born. Uh, we're going back to those classic styles, and um, you know it's kind of refreshing brewing something that that you can you can see through is crispy. It doesn't need adjuncts to carry it. Uh, you're letting the, 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 the esters of the yeast uh, give you all your flavor and things like that. So, um, yeah, I think that's been a refreshing series for us. And um, I don't really see – I don't see that, like, the, the IPA – people are saying hazy IPAs are going to die. I, I just don't see it happening. It's, it's just too Not bad. anytime soon. Yeah. Even with that, it's uh, even with the trends, and, uh, they start to they start to slowly go. So it's kind of it, it wouldn't be hard to pivot in a in a slightly different direction if it ever came to that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it right. doesn't seem like it's going to go anywhere, does it? Like I, I haven't noticed no, anything. No, at all. I was just curious because I've heard. How do I say this? Like I've heard people who I would consider haters of trendy things because you know like the purest type of people who just hate things that are popular because they're popular of course you know those those folks i've had you know I, i'm I've sure heard, sure they absolutely <laughs> love hydra those the purists love hydra they they're all about it give me that dragon number fruit. one <laughs> <laughs> you know people are saying oh what's going to happen if these breweries like put their whole business on these type of things what's going to happen i'm like well like it's it seems it's almost like turning the Titanic. Like it's not like boom. Like it's like really yeah. slow. Like you said, Jared, you'd be able to very easily identify when oh the sales of this aren't really popping as much. Ah, people aren't asking for it, and they're asking for this instead. So you can kind of like lean into the new thing if you if that's where yeah. things were going, but also if that's what you like to drink. Because I would imagine maybe all of us would stop wanting what's popular. I imagine that's probably how it would happen. We'd all be like, you know what? I don't really want this hazy stuff anymore. Like, yeah, it would have to be on mass. It would be a majority. Yeah. Like I, I don't even and know how at it would that work. point it'd be just glaringly obvious. So, so like any brewery uh, would have to do it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And even, you know, I've been drinking craft beer for a long time and I go through phases right now. I, mm. I like IPAs. I, go through stout phases. I'll go through phases where all I have in my fridge is Labatt Blue Light, and, and that's all I'll drink. And, Are you serious? Uh, so, oh, yeah. You're not uh, the first Jenny person Cream. in that area to tell me that. I don't understand, bro. Jenny Cremel. <laughs> I love Labatt. Really? Jenny, yeah. Jenny. Jenny, uh, Jenny Cremel's my go-to. Cremel, Jenny Light. Jeez. That's, that's what Will always talks about, and I thought Will was just being quirky. <laughs> Nah, Jenny Cream Ale, man. Would uh, Cream Ale, if you want the exact way a Cream Ale should be brewed, Jenny Cream Ale. That's the one, man. I don't think I've ever had that's that. That's the best. That's the best. If you see, if you see any other Cream mm. Ale pretty much out there, it's, a it's lot great. of them have modeled it after, uh, after Jenny. I remember my father-in-law was telling me he was up in uh, Vermont at Otter Creek and they had a cream ale on tap and he was telling them, you know, about Jenny and the guy just looked at him and was like, yeah, we modeled it after uh, the Genesee cream ale. All right. So that's the gold standard. That's pretty much the benchmark right there. Yeah. If you picked up uh, like a BJCP guideline book, uh, they'd be the, the beers that are like that style. I bet Jenny cream ale is 
probably the number one beer that's listed for green ale style. Shit. All right. Okay. See, that's dope. And that's uh, local Rochester. How old that recipe is, but it's... It, <laughs> it's pretty old. It must be like going around back. a long around time. A while. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you got some legendary... Uh, you got some legendary... Are they in Rochester, right? Yep. Yep. So like... Yep. Okay, so you've got some uh, some beer history in the area, and you've got you know the the the, new, the breweries who are kind of leading the way in twenty twenty two in the area as well, which is uh, and that's what that's part of the reason I think craft beer has blown up here is I think the Genesee Brew House has really helped a lot of people. Plus, when <laughs> other half came here, they immediately collabed with them to create the Jenny Dream Ale, which was a really cool is that lactose collaboration. I think dream is there. I always, and it, I it might it's the probably first time I've ever been. seen a line for a for Gen- a Genesee release. No shit. They had it going over the High Falls area, so well, you know what? That's really smart of uh, other yeah. halves to come and get their brand associated with a local uh, legend. And um, oh yeah, people yeah. loved it. Good for that, man. That's super cool. I love that. Yeah, I even our um, our our party that we're throwing our our big luau coming up. Uh, we invited Genesee, and and they're they're bringing they're bringing some some pretty crazy stuff, which it, I'm really excited for. Tell us about the event. When is it? So it, it um, July second, Saturday, early July, July second, July second. So okay. this uh, we used to have uh, a party that was uh, the Luau, and then we'd have our anniversary party, which was slightly after that in August. This year is the first time that we've kind of blended that all into one. Cool. Uh, and Swiftwater, that's also in Rochester, has helped us mm-hmm. with the – they're kind of the, the, the co-host of the Luau. The first one was held at Swiftwater. And uh, tiki-driven Hawaiian shirts, all sorts of, like, cool props everywhere. And then we did one that was right on Lake Ontario oh, the last time with a beautiful view – um, even though it's it's a beach, but it's Lake Ontario, and uh, this year we're inviting uh, I think it's like thirty five out of state breweries, wow. and uh, the tickets are going to go 35? on sale uh, soon. We're, we're yep. yeah, we invited a bunch of breweries plus this local is not breweries. Small. This is not small. No, this is this is a full on. This is our first big big party where, um, you know, we've, we've traveled, you know, we go to events, multiple events a, a month really. And this is like our, our time to invite some of these breweries back and, and they're, they're coming through huge for us. Wow. Dude, that's amazing. So it's going to be, gonna be a, a, a great time. July 2nd. Be a lot of fun. So this episode comes out next week. So for people yep, July watching. July 2nd. You've got about a little under a month to book your accommodation, to get your freaking tickets, to get down to Rochester. Dude, that's sick. So it's like, yep. is it? Uh, so it's like a, a whole area on the beach that's that's known. So it's not at the brewery or nothing. It's yeah, it's a uh, no. It's a community center that you can rent out, and uh, oh, yeah. it, it overlooks the beach. It has beach access. That's yep. so cool. And I, can you see Toronto from there? And. Uh, maybe on a clear day whole lake. maybe on <laughs> yeah. like a really clear night you might be able to see some lights across the way but uh, that's a that's a far away it's far away that is I far. remember yeah. in I lived in Toronto in yeah. 2004 
like when I first, first left Australia, I was a kid. And you, I remember when we went to Rochester, they, they canceled it or something on the day, but they used to have a ferry where you could get your car. The fast the, ferry. <laughs> yeah. And it would take you That's right. That's right where this event is going to be. So it's the same in place. Charlotte, Charlotte Beach. This is like, Char- right, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's right, right down there. It's going to be. Okay, so that's the spot. It's maybe yes. maybe like th- three or four minutes down the road from where the fast ferry was. Oof, I love that. What happened to that ferry? That's some, that's it, crazy. It was a it was a failed project, it, unfortunately. It, it, terrible failure. Doesn't it make well? What happened? It makes so much sense. Wouldn't it be sick to just jump on a ferry and just say, like ride across? I'm not sure why it failed, but it did. <laughs> I'm with it. And I'm you can only really I'll, do that for how many months out of the year? It's not. That's a fair point. Oddly enough, wasn't that ferry constructed in Australia and then had to be ridden Shit all the way up? up? No, like I think it basically they they I think they made it in Australia and then they basically drove it all the way up to Rochester. I believe is how that is that how that worked. I mean, they wouldn't drive it. They would probably put it on the paper, <laughs> But uh, no, no, no. That no, they just drove it. And I think they had to go up like uh, I can't remember the ferry what they had right to do. The water. Well, Australia yeah, is in the ocean. There's a, the there's a lot of ocean, Pacific Ocean between. Uh, yeah, Pacific. and I think that was part of the problem. Oh, right, because they wanted to put it on the boat. And, uh, <laughs> that explains a lot. But yeah, I remember that being a thing. I remember we had a booking on it back in the day. Because we had to go to this place called Pleasantville, which is like the movie. My friend's mom <laughs> lived in Pleasantville. And I went and I saw Fireflies for the first time. I'm like, what the is this? this is a movie ah. um and we we're supposed to take that the, the 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 ferry but we had to end up driving around i just love the okay. idea of that and i always knew rochester from from way back because of yep. it. i never heard of it like we we're supposed to do that and blah, blah, blah. so um i have very fond feelings towards rochester so that's sick july 2nd saturday make sure y'all get out do you want to just uh july 2nd yep i want to but i know i've still got half of this i'm going to finish this after but We've been talking about smoothies for fucking two hours. Should we, uh, should we bust open a smoothie real quick just to, to let the people know what's going on? Yeah. Yeah? Let's do yep. it. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't have one, but I think Jared's got one and you got one, so. No problem. So we want to talk about, so what's, uh, Jared, which is the one that you have? So let me grab it out right here. Right now. So the one I have is our uh, collaboration with a brewery out in, I'm going to say, is it Portugal, Josh? The Mean Sardine? What's the brewery? Yeah. Yeah, Mean Sardine. I like that name. Uh, You got the the imprint. That's imprint, Kalem. So yours is called Benito's. So our uh, mine is uh, called Hydra Petito. It's with a collab uh, with Mean Sardine. They're out in uh, somewhere in Portugal, but it's got Portugal, apple, yeah. pineapple, so we, we plum, met them. and cinnamon. So we went more Portuguese fruit in that one. Uh, we met those guys. They came into town for the Shelton Brothers Fest in Buffalo. Ah, uh, yes. And while they were in town, they came and visited us. And you guys did a little thing with them there? Yep. Uh, so they, they did a IPA at their place, and we did a Hydra at ours. Love it. Spectacular. And then that, uh, that imprint collaboration, uh, the, that Smoogee a la mode. That is correct. I believe. 
which is a sour ale brewed with strawberry, pineapple, yeah, coconut, and cream. Jesus Christ. Oh my god. Dude. Actual actual cream. So that actual that reminds cream. us of like the yep. Jared said it best today, like the, the uh, yogurts that you used to get with like the sprinkle tops. Yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. That's what it tastes like. Like like a oh, like a, dude. Yes. It. Like you're a kid again, but drunk. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. I've never been a drunk child, but I imagine this is what it feels like. Like this smells, but it's, but it's seven percent. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. It is very creamy. There is some. Oh man, you guys are just on some other level with this stuff. It's just exceptional. It's um. There's just something about this. I don't. I, this is what I was trying to get to earlier. Like we were talking about the, at the beginning, which I was going to save to when we drank a smoothie, but I knew it was going to be right at the end. It's just so, this is spectacular. Strawberry, pineapple, coconut, and cream. So literally like thickened cream. You're pouring yeah. that bad boy in. Oh, wow. like, yeah, like a drum. Like, oh, like a drum on that drum. Yeah. Yeah. Just yogurt. pumping cream in there. It's pumping cream. Mm. Yeah, yogurt. Yeah. It is it's, like yogurt. <laughs> I've yeah. never had a smoothie that tastes like yogurt, and here we are. It's, uh... This is crazy. And is this one a collab? Or Unfortunately, is... I'm lactose intolerant, so I, I steer clear of that one. Oh, I that's a collab with that's a collab What's with that? Imprint Brewing Company. Imprint. And where's Imprint from? Uh, yep. They're in Pennsylvania and somewhere. Imprint, right? They're in Pennsylvania. They are doing some insane smoothies. Really? Eh? So that was why. You so they, the the Ala Mode is like a series that they do. Um, uh, so they've been doing those that cream style for a while. Um, <laughs> Really, really awesome collaboration with them. I love it, and that's why it's like a smoogie. Is that S C M S C H M O O G? Yeah, that's type of thing. Yes, yeah, so smoogie is their Hydra. Gotcha. That's their uh, specific. All right, all right, all right. Okay. Yeah. So um, usually with the collaborations, we kind of, we try to blend the names of Hydra plus uh, whatever the thing. you were working with, whatever their series is. Smart. Um, I love it when people do that. So this is kind of like a, is it like a mashup of, was the ingredients yeah. in this one a mashup of one of yours and one of theirs or was this kind of like a unique? Yeah, so pretty much that's just uh, like our Hydra base. Uh, and we talked about what fruits we're going to use and uh, the like, green treatment is pretty much what imprint does and um they just pretty much told us you know here's here's how to do it and and then there we go i guess everything is um, that's it everything is uh, virtual these days right since uh um a lot of it is but um imprint we we've been we visited Imprint. They visited us, uh, so we're we're pretty close with them. Uh, there there are breweries, uh, especially ones that are closer. Uh, but we do definitely try to travel to the brewery if we're doing collaborations. Uh, um, you know, for instance, we just did a few collaborations out west. Um, I went to L Smith to brew a stout with them. Nice. We did a beer with North Park. Uh, so. 
Uh, yeah, the, too, those were ones nice. we try to, to, to make it to. Obviously, like the one from Portugal, that's very difficult. Uh, so that has to be virtual. Yeah. Um, no, that makes complete sense. I know that I, I went to North Park and I went to, um, I drank an Aylesmith last night. Uh, my friend in Cali sent me some stuff. So like, yeah, sick, man. That's great uh, look. They're like legends, aren't they? Their facility is mind-blowing. Yeah? They're, they're it, it's gigantic. It, it, it's truly amazing. And their, their pilot system that they do collaborations on is nicer than our entire brew house. So <laughs> a little humbling. It's, uh, it's a little crazy. I imagine they've, they've been around for a while, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, yeah, of course. They're, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the Speedway Stout was one of the reasons I wanted to brew coffee stouts. You know, mm. first time I ever had a Speedway Stout, it just blew my mind. Yeah, some pretty pretty crazy stuff. I mean, look, you guys, the fact that they would eat, like, yeah. I, I, I imagine that's pretty exciting for, for you guys, being that you're able to collab with breweries that... Uh, yeah stature that you look up to and you're right you know they respect what you're yep. doing to be like hey man come through let's do this i mean that's awesome i mean it's how do you feel yep. about that it i mean i'd be proud of shit oh i i i get goosebumps sometimes walking into these breweries it's yeah. it, it really is mind-blowing never thought we'd be in this this kind of situation to, to work with some of these breweries that like i always really looked up to um, even like Paul, Dave, and I'm sure like Jared and, and Joe and all of our other staff, like some of these breweries that we get to work with, it's, it's really, really amazing. It's very cool, man. It's, uh, you, you've really created something truly special in the last, uh, you know, four years coming up on, um, you know, whether it's the styles or obviously people would collaborate with people that they like. So obviously you guys are just great human beings that they like to, to work with to just make fantastic beer and are super passionate and really contributing to the uh, Northwest and New York craft beer scene if not you know, beyond. Um, it's very cool, man. You guys should be super proud. This is this is really sick. I'm honored to have spoken to you guys and Thank to you. really soak this up. And to, Thanks, man. Just to get to experience it, man. Like, this, this shit is cool, bro. Like, yeah, I appreciate all of this so much more after the last couple of years when I was traveling around a lot and it was... It wasn't ever nothing going to bucket list breweries, but um, you appreciate it more now that you know it's not as simple. Um, and uh, you know, getting to chat with you guys and to really get this, this story and to hear all about exactly how you guys are approaching everything is is very cool. And obviously, your success is very well deserved, very well you know thought through, and uh, you're just doing really great shit. And you guys should be super proud, man. It's very very cool. Congrats. Appreciate Cheers. it. Thank you, man. I love it. What's uh what's next for Mortalis? What's happening next? Is there anything yeah, obviously July second, the, the big uh the big bash. The um, party and then um I'd say the the the, the tap room. Tap room is the, tap the room. next five eight five project downtown. that uh we're really looking forward to. Yep. Is there yes, a, um is there a uh, um an opening date? At all, uh, maybe it's a little early, but is there anything that opening date? No, no. Um, construction really has been kind of delayed. Uh, oh, we have another correct. another project going on um, that I don't want to announce quite yet, but that that's really close to. So we have another another little side side hustle going on too. I love it. That's what I want to hear, man. Um, 
No, it's beautiful. Like, you know, from Krispies, Hayes, to I, I've had some of the salads before. Jared's got me. I'm, I'm excited to do the as uh, above, so below as well again. But the smoothies, like what you guys are doing is, is truly spectacular. And, uh, you know, thank you so much, both of you guys, for your time and um, for hanging out and for the beer. This is, this is this is a pleasure. This is truly a pleasure. This is what I'm what I'm here for. I was looking forward to this for a long time. So this is how I would like to spend a Friday night, goddammit. So I appreciate you both very, very much. Yeah. Um, thank you for having us. Oh yeah, man. Boys, thank pleasure. you. Can we? I want to take a screenshot of the the screen. Here. Do you want to hold it for the thumbnail sure. for YouTube? Do you guys want to hold up some uh, some cans here? Yeah. Yes. Let's get some of these gorgeous bad boys. Oh, let me get that. You guys got the crisp. Hold on. Get these. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Hold on. Right. Here you go. You got it. Here you go. Ready? That is gorgeous. Fun fact: I was doing these videos the other day. We did these. Uh, these kind of like shit stirring videos on uh, on Instagram and TikTok, and I was wearing this t shirt, and someone commented on TikTok, yo, yo is that Mortalis? I'm like, yeah, man. He's like, no, man. <laughs> he was losing his mind at the T, and I, I wore it on purpose because I was like, all right, if you know, you know. So I thought, like, if I Love do that, I, I wasn't sure if the TikTok crowd would, would be into it, but they were not. Like, oh, was that the macro logger one? Yeah, the macro logger one. People were <laughs> furious at that. It was just a video where my girlfriend, like, it was like um, a Kim Kardashian, you know, those little sounds where she was like, no, it's not for me, it's not approved, or something like that. And my yeah, girlfriend yeah. handed me a Labatt 50, and I was like, oh, no, 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 where, where it is. <laughs> and then got, and people got so mad. I loved I saw, it. Yeah, I saw it. It was hilarious. <laughs> So I was like, I was very happy. I was <laughs> rapping craft and uh, letting people know that that is not what I, I'm not mad at about 50, but people took it a little seriously. You know? So I was very happy. <laughs> to um, where can everybody find Mortalis online, guys? Is Joshua. For <laughs> uh, for social media at, yep. at Mortalis Brewing. There we go. Check. Uh, yes. for, for Instagram, that's our handle for everything, and um, yeah, and our our website mortalisbrewing.com. Love it. Um, make sure you guys check out, grab your tickets to the anniversary, July second. Um, guys, stick. I'm just going to wrap this up. Stick around once I wrap up, and we'll, we'll say goodbye on the uh, on the end of the call. But uh, sure. Jared, Josh, thank you both very much for your time, man. I appreciate you both. Um, this was a pleasure. This was super fun. Thank you, um, Cheers, guys, brother. Thank you. Seriously, for real. Everybody, thank you so much for watching and listening. If you enjoyed the episode, smash the thumbs up, hit subscribe below, hit the notification bell so you know when the new drops. Follow us everywhere at BAOS Podcast. Check out the long-form audio so you can hear attractive gentlemen like Uncle Josh and Uncle Jared talk about craft beer across the continent, particularly in the northwestern New York State. Guys, we'll see you in the next episode. Cheers.